Thanks for listening to this podcast. I know later on in this pod, I say X 20 is the code to say with Arma, but oh no, since we recorded, the guys at Arma want to do an even special deal. For a limited time, X 30 is the code to save with Arma, and a little bit better discount for you. X 30 is the code to save with Arma, so when I say X 20 later in this podcast, I really mean X 30 It's going to go for like a month from the time of the recording, so if you want to check out Arma, X 30 is the code to save with those guys, and away we go. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Stoked to have you guys here. Before we get too far into this, Race Tech. Pulp 2022 is a code to save with Race Tech. Get your suspension work done. Get your motor work done. They do both over there. Get the right spring rates. Get the oil change in your fork and shock, for God's sake. And have your bike work better for you. Pulp 2022 is a code to save with Race Tech, Racetech.com. There's Race Tech service centers all across America. Please check out their very, very informative website to learn more about the guys at Race Tech and all that they do over there. Thank you to those guys. They've been part of our podcast for a long time, and we appreciate it. Use the code, save some money, Race Tech. Also, thanks to the folks at AllBallsRacing.com. You go to AllBallsRacing.com, see all the products that they have. It's great parts at great prices, super good reliability. I've used them on all my project bikes. I've used them on my own bikes, whether it's the Vertex Pistons, whether it's Hot Rods, whether it's the uh, Bike in a Box, whatever it is, the All Balls Racing Group will have you covered, Hot Cams and Hot rods and all of that. Again, uh, older bikes, newer bikes, they've got parts for all of it. Allballsracing.com for your next aftermarket purchase to help your motorcycle out. Thanks to those guys for coming on board. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Guys at Fly Racing have been supporting this show for a long time, so please support them. Go to motorsport.com, go to your local dealer, ask to see the latest and greatest from Fly Racing. Big things coming from them next month in January as well. Flyracing.com, the official gear of Justin Brighton, who just clinched an Australian Supercross Championship again. Uh, they have the uh, BOA system on the back of their pants. Uh, they have it on the front of their pants for one line as well. The super good uh, styles, colors, all of that. Uh, I love the kinetic mesh, although... A little cold for kinetic mesh right now, but it's super lightweight, super flexy in the right spots, as well as um, very, very cool and vented. Again, it's December, though. Uh, thanks to the folks at Fly Race and the Formula Helmet. It's also amazing. Rion Technology. Go to their website. Read all about it. They have different shells, different price points, but same great safety features in the Formula Helmet line. A massively step up from these guys the last few years. Really, really great helmet. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing. And uh, also, thanks to the folks at Maxxis Tires, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by A-Ray. 
out there in the 2023 Supercross. Max's tires, great mountain bike tires as well. I run the Minions out here in Vegas. I implore you to check out their line of mountain bike tires. It's great. Put them on your dirt bike as well. They work really well. Uh, MXSTs, Jeremy uses them, and and more. And they've been race-proven race in Supercross main events. Light truck tires, trailer tires as well, maxis.com for more information. Thank you to the folks at Renthal. Chances are, if you're listening to this and you have used Renthal products in the past, you know their quality and you know where they come from. Whether it's a twin wall bar, whether it's fat bar, fat bar 36, whatever it is, renthal.com, chains, sprockets, grips, and more. Uh, everything made over there in the UK. Uh, great uh, quality as well. So go to, go to motorsport.com. And order some Renthal, or uh, just go to Renthal.com, find your local dealer. You can get stocking advice and what they have. You can also find out a bar band that you work, that works for you. Official sponsor of the Red Bull KTM team, Kawasaki, Honda, all of that. Thanks to the folks at Renthal for making this happen. Renthal.com for more information. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racerx podcast, uh, a podcast I never thought I would be doing, to be honest. Uh, really looking forward to hearing uh, this gentleman's story, uh, all the ups, all the downs, and the things he's done for the sport. And behind the scenes, he's a massive power broker, for sure. It's Scott Sepkovic. What's up, Scott? How are you, man? Well, I'm uh, I'm good, good, Steve. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you say that uh, you didn't think you'd be doing this. Uh, neither did I. <laughs> no, um, no. You you were not always a fan of, of things I wrote and said. And I understand that. I I can't sit there and be like, what? I was critical of you, of Jason, of, of different people, for sure. Yeah, and I, I also, um, you know, just want to say that, I, I, you know, I get it. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody really knows uh, the ins and outs of, you know, how things were structured and this, that, and the other. And, yeah, sometimes things can appear that were uh, maybe, you know, maybe not right or shady or this, that, the other. But uh, end of the day, you know, I always – did everything um, above board and per what my agreements read, but uh, you know, was uh, a lot of fun times, a lot of big deals. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> one thing that you cannot, and I didn't deny, and no one can deny, is what you've brought to the sport over the years as an agent. Um, you know, we see monster green claw everywhere, and it's old news for people who know. But you know, I mean, this was a long time ago. Then maybe we have new listeners like. You were the man directly responsible for bringing Hanson's Beverage, a.k.a. Monster, into our sport and Rockstar Energy as well. Um, and we'll get into some of the other deals, but this is like like legacy is a big word and maybe that's too big for this. But that when you see the green claw and the love of Supercross that Monster has at some point, it goes back to you. Yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I had the opportunity to to be a part of, uh, you know, something that truly has elevated the the sport, um, you know, all the all the money that Monster spends in the sport and all the things they do in the sport. I mean, it's I'm I'm grateful that I was a part of the beginnings of that and you know, it's interesting because that all started with um when, you know, I was one of the the key uh, builders of the the brand spy um mm -hmm. and you know one of the shareholders and you know i was you know many many different roles and hats in building that brand but you know it started with when you never have enough money when you're building a brand you always want more marketing dollars and it started with hansen's energy mm -hmm. and we actually did a co-op marketing program with hansen's energy and you know they saw us at salt lake supercross with our 73 foot semi um you know uh, amazing setup that we had, you know, full uh, Featherlight trailer, the whole side opened up. 
and I ran into uh, one of the gentlemen over at Hanson's. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, man, your brand's amazing. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, I always was looking for opportunity to get some more money to, to keep all of these rigs. We had a pretty extensive vehicle uh, event vehicle program. Uh, we had the semi, we had a, a city bus that was all decked out inside. We had, had our a surf van that went to events, but uh-huh. you always, you know, you need money to keep those types of things on the road. So I got Hanson's to, to put some, give us some money to put their logo on the side of all of our vehicles and hand out Hanson's energy at all the events we did. And that was, that was where the relationship started. We actually even had a, a vehicle that went out on the road to all the outdoor nationals that was a collab spy in Hanson's Energy. Um, I had uh, Jason McCormick, not Jason McCormick the at racer, West Google, yep. another, yeah, another not, one. Yep. Not him, the racer, another one here in uh, Carlsbad that uh, went to all the events, the outdoors. And, you know, that was the beginning of the relationship with Hanson's. And at that time, you know, Spy, we were uh, going public, mm-hmm. and and I would always hit a ceiling of income that was, you know, several six figure income. But you know, I I wanted a ceiling of there was no ceiling. I wanted to be able to <laughs> sure. I, right. I wanted to my my you know my my partners my everybody at the company. Every time I'd get close to or, you know making you know I'd be like, oh wow, this is gonna be a banner year, and then they change my deal, change my deal, and. and <laughs> So, you know, I, I was when we were going public, you know, I made a decision that, um, you know, I just did a, a, a Bud Light deal for Jeremy, um, which was big. Um, you know, I pitched 100 different outside companies and I landed Anheuser-Busch yeah. with Bud Light. And I realized, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this thing. And I've always swung deals for mm-hmm. people, whether it was Bob Moore or, or Willie Surratt back in the earlier years, trying to help get them some money and sponsors so I made a decision to leave SPY and start Crown AMG, Crown Athlete Management Group. And that's where then, you know, Monster, at that time, they were, you know, Hanson's Energy didn't seem to be getting the traction they wanted. They started Monster, and they literally launched it with Elvira. And I Oh, said really? Oh, I did not know this. Elvira came involved. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Elvira, Lady of the Night, you know, yeah. Halloween. And, and I had a great relationship with Mark Hall still it, uh, from our spy relationship. And I said to Mark, I'm like, Mark, what, what, what is that? What are you guys, where are you going with the, with the marketing on that? And mm-hmm. he said, well, you know, we didn't, you know, the Hanson's energy the marketing you guys did. And we did a lot of, you know, we did a lot of stuff. I mean, we had Nikki Hayden, we had Anthony Gobert, yeah. we were on the pro circuit team. Yeah. We, we had Hanson's, uh, Hanson's was on the podium. They were holding Hanson cans at some point. Right. I think um, yeah, they had Hanson water yeah. bottles. You had yep. Sorby, you had, um, we even had Damon Bradshaw and arena cross. I mean, we were on a lot of, a lot of properties. We, you know, we had surf guys, we had snowboard, Andy Finch, uh, CR Johnson skier. I mean, we had the full gamut and it just, you know, Mark's like, well, it didn't really connect. And I said, well, Mark, the problem, I believe it wasn't that it was the marketing. It's that Hanson's energy is a is Hanson's soda company is a good for you soda that your mom brings home uh-huh. when she doesn't want you drinking Coke. And I said, Mark, I'm going to X Games next week, Summer X. I know everybody there, all the athletes, you know, I'm from Spy, you know, cool brand. I believe that, you know, this new brand, Monster, the marketing will work because it doesn't have a preconceived notion already of a good-for-you company. And I'm not saying energy drinks are bad for you. I'm just saying that Hanson's mm-hmm. Natural at the time was, you know, kids, you know, it was Red Bull. Everybody wanted Red Bull. And, you know, Hanson's didn't have that same type of feel because of the Hanson Soda Company. And then, you know, and I, and I convinced them to uh, – 
to do that. But I said, look, no one's going to put a sticker on their helmet if I tell them we're going to do a contract next week. You need to give me cash money so when I go there, so when I go there, I can literally peel yeah. green cash, yes. give them the money, yeah. and I got five guys, and we got three bronze medals. And it was Doug Henry, uh, uh, Adam Jones, uh, um, TJ Lavin, and um, Drona Bank. Well, we, got, we ended up yeah. getting three bronze medals, five guys. And it was four grand each. Yep. And it was literally TJ Lavin was counting the four grand up at the top of the dirt jump before <laughs> before he went, put it in his pocket and did his run. And he was one of the guys that got a bronze medal. He's a monster was, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a monster guy. And, and it was on, it was, you know, TV, you know, cans, hats, and the distributors the next week, I guess, were calling and saying, hey, we saw a monster all over X Games. Yep. And that was, that was the beginning. They pretty much then threw me the keys and said, okay, go at it do this thing so that's that's yeah it's awesome it, it's it's great how did you first get in with hence and i we got i got so much to cover for sure there's a lot to talk about with, with, with you but how did you first get in with hansons how does you how do you meet mark hall or rodney Sachs or these guys like how does that happen well originally it was the spy thing i know but like when when is the first meeting so so the spy thing you know there was there was, you know, Jeremy, let's see. So that was, um, da, 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 da. I'm trying to the year, you know, Jeremy, actually, there was a Hanson's uh, logo on Jeremy's fork um, discard. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, you know, Mark was aware of Moto and, and was a fan of this Moto. So there was a little bit of dabbling with Hanson's already. Okay. But when, when we did the spy deal, and, you know, we started passing out beverages at every event we went to at our trade shows. And, you know, we were already, you know, I mean, we had a sports marketing department. So, you know, I, I, the first year we did a deal where we just did, went to events and we handed out their drinks and every event we were at, we went to, we were passing out their drinks. Then the next year we did another deal where it was same thing, but then we actually even got a marketing budget that they, you know, contributed which then gave me more money at Spy to even go get more athletes. So, for example, Nikki Hayden, we got him a drink deal with Hanson's, but he also then, you know, was a Spy guy along with that. So that gave me more budget, and you know, we started doing, you know, just a full sports marketing program for what? Hanson's, and we were managing that at Spy as well. Unbelievable story of the company of Mark Hall and Rodney Sachs and all of this. Just go, they changed the name to Monster, and they literally. Thanks to guys like you and, and the athletes, it's a rocket ship of a company. Is, is that a fair assumption? It's a rocket ship? That's a beyond fair. <laughs> I would say it's a supersonic rocket ship. I mean, it's uh, yeah, you know, incredible, the, right? Like, and, and again, the drink didn't really change. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, you got it, you know, those guys, I mean, I will say, you know, Mark always commended me as being good at, good at, you know, marketeer mm -hmm. and, but, you know, he always said to me, you know, it's like, you know, although I, I, I like priding myself in what we did in the marketing division. But at the same time, you know, you can't do it without, you know, distribution, 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 as mm -hmm. he would say to me. And, yeah. you know, Rodney and Mark and their whole team over there, you know, Hilton Schlossberg, I mean, all the higher ups. I mean, they've done an amazing job. Of, of, of continuing that climb of that rocket ship. And, uh, you know, not only did they, you know, are they on the, did they go on the way to the moon? I mean, they're on the way to Mars. I mean, yeah. that thing just continues to grow and grow. And, uh, 
you know, like well, I said, you know, I'm just, what, I was blessed to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, what, so what, uh, that I was. what'd you buy the stock at Hollywood? What, <laughs> well, what'd you buy it at? I mean, you know, if you, uh, <laughs> if you look at the price of where it's gone, I mean, you know, we're talking about, I think today it's about a $55 billion market cap. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the stock, I mean, we're talking, you know, dollars, do, and you know it's it's had uh, I believe it's up to eleven splits a hundred and it's a hundred and four dollars a share. I mean it's it's been a Rodney Hilton all those guys uh, have done an amazing job. Um, you know Mark you know coming up with innovation and new products. I mean did you cash out, did you cash out did you ever or you still own it? I, I still I still own some and I you know I'm I'm, I'm grateful and blessed that you know it's, oh, that's what's provided there, me a de- decent way to live. So. There, there are some people in industry that got in early that you know that 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 subscribed to Hanson slash Monster and um, there's some millionaires walking around the pits right now thanks to the guys at Monster. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yes, there is, and you know, like I said, I'm grateful Did, that I, I I was able to put my daughter through USC <laughs> and my son's at SDSU, and right. you know, just good, good things. You know, yeah. I'm grateful. Um, they're all in now. Obviously, you know, you don't really work with those guys closely, and there's some lawsuits I want to talk to you about as well down the road. But um, do, they're all in on our sport, and I don't know how much you still deal with those guys or whatever. Do you see? You know, I mean, you've been around, and we're going to get into your history. You're not some guy new to the sport. You live our sport. You love it. You rode. You raced. All of that stuff, right? Uh, and so correct. you you've seen the guys come and go: the EA Sports and the Boost Mobile and the Cores and the Wrangler. Are these guys in forever? I mean, forever is a long word, but I, I, I mean, we need these energy drinks. Uh, Rockstar looks to be pulling out a little bit. Um, do you see foresee these guys uh, ever leaving our sport? I mean, I think it's the, uh, you know, the foundation of the brand. I mm-hmm. mean, truly, I will say that, you know, when we, when we started doing all of the, all, you know, all, all the different sports mm-hmm. marketing, I mean, Moto was the, I mean, it was like, you know, stamping the, pounding the flag in the ground and that this is our core, our roots. I mean, you have, you know, I always sold it even when I did the Bud Light deal and I was pitching Jeremy. I mm-hmm. mean, it was the influential nascar you know it's a similar you know it's a, it's got a big fan base it's got you know big attendance it's got you know tvs getting bigger not as you know big as i'd like to see it but mm-hmm. i mean it it's still there was an influential uh demographic you know if you look at the nascar you know i'm not being cruel or mean but they're not necessarily always the most influential people mm-hmm. but if you go for example when i had when i did the bud light deal and uh, Tim Schuler and Tony Sizemore. Tim was the sports marketing director of Anheuser Busch. Now I think he's global sports marketing director. You know, they came to Anaheim and they were just Tony Sizemore, who handled all the NASCAR stuff. He was like, "I want to go to all these races." You know, he was at Anaheim, <laughs> yeah. saw all the, yeah. you know, the good, you know, lot, lots of, you know, fit young people, good-looking people. Mm-hmm. It, it just was very influential. It was very, you know, the way I always sold it was like, you know, Supercross, Motocross is like surfing snowboarding of the united states you can't surf and snowboard everywhere but you can moto and it was very similar that whole just you know hip cool factor and you know i think that you know moto i mean there isn't anybody that you know if whether it be a formula one you'll see formula one guys mm-hmm. you'll see uh you know celebrities MotoGP. yeah no it's it you're right so yep. it, it's perceived as a very cool hip sport and i think with that you know will 
I think that, you know, Monster is, is on, you know, always trying to ensure that they're cool and hip. And mm-hmm. I think, I believe that they're here for a long time to come. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, forever is forever is a big word. It. Yeah. Forever is a big word, but I got it. Right. Yeah. So, um, Oh, by the way, too. Uh, so we had Dennis Rodman at Paula for Jet Lawrence and Lucas Myrtle uh, uh, arranged that. And then I heard well, behind the scenes, actually, Subkovic, uh was the guy. And I'm like, of course, Subkovic knows Rodman. Of course. There we go. Well, I, I was with Rodman and uh, <laughs> I went to Miami in 98 with Dennis. I'm good friends with uh, John Elway. And I was uh, flew down with Dennis and uh, stayed in South Beach at Eric Clapton's condo with uh, Carmen Electra, Dennis, uh, Ricky Williams, Steve Bono. Okay. So I go back. I go back with Dennis all the way to the nineties and yeah. uh, we, uh, we stay in touch and uh, yeah, I put that together to bring Dennis out here. You know, I've never been the guy that, Hey, look at me. It's me. I did this. Mm-hmm. I did that. Some will say maybe differently. Um, maybe my family or my friends close to me, but I never really cared to, uh, you know, uh, and honestly, I mean, in a podcast, I've had many people ask me to do them. Not that I'm somebody that, you know, I'm not again, trying to pump myself up, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I I do think that the, it's it is fun to talk about a lot of things I've been a part of. So yeah, no. Fun. I again, when I heard that you were part of the Rodman thing, I'm like, this makes much more sense. Why Dennis Rodman is at Paula on a balls ass hot day in the middle of well, summer. I got to tell <laughs> so. you, I got to tell you that when Dennis landed, uh-huh. you know, I, which it was kind of a you know even me putting that together, it was literally I had to wake up at like four in the morning to make sure he was getting on his flight. Right. It was three day three days in a row that the flight that he canceled and i had to literally call the airline to cancel and i was just like oh my gosh when he finally landed i'm like dennis and he just and we came rolling into my house and the guy does he doesn't he doesn't ever not have a cigar in his hand or in his mouth okay and I, I, I tell you my, my toyota tundra i think still smells like which uh lucas myrtle you owe me like a gnarly cleaning because the thing still smells like a cigar right but he's a character i yeah. love dennis he's a he's a good guy He's an interesting guy. And, oh, uh, I bet. Uh, on, a, yeah. on a smaller note, I had to get chicken here for the Pulp Show one time. And getting chicken here was much like that. Days upon days of seeing the chicken had his flight. Then he texts me, what's my flight? And then I had to send it to him again. And then I had to check that he was at the airport. It was much like that. I had to wrangle chicken up here to Vegas. So, um, you know, I can, I can relate a little bit. I've had, I've, had many, I've had many past fun times with chicken as well. He's a character. I love chicken as well. Uh, I want to touch more about the monster stuff for sure later on. But for now, uh, you're involved in Arma. Uh, you've, got some, uh, you've got some great uh, partners with that. Chad Reed, Adam Tien Cirillo, Nick Way. Um, I, I've used this stuff, the Blitz and the Fire, on my mountain bike rides. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, not to shill for it, but yeah, Pulp MX-20 if you want to save at Arma. Uh, you originally, you, you, you surfaced with Arma guys in, in uh, Energy Nuts, which is pretty unique, actually, when you first came aboard. And then you've transferred to these supplements. Um, it's highly regulated, and you guys are doing it right by the sounds of it. How's Arma going? Uh, how's that process? I know covid hurt everybody a little bit, but how's things at Arma? Things at Arma are good. And, you know, also one of the partners that uh, you didn't mention, Jeremy actually yeah, is my, good point. my co-founding partner. Um, you know, so Jeremy and I, I actually did, you know, I founded the brand originally from a company, John B. Sanfilippo and son, JBSS. They're the largest uh, snack processing company in the United States. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to enter, they wanted to enter the, they wanted to lower the age demographic of people that eat snacks trail mixes nuts granola blah 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 Mm -hmm. and that was where the original 
uh, entry came from with Arma. You know, they contacted me. They did a lot of research on different companies and agencies, and they landed on me. And that was right at the time when uh, things were kind of coming to an end for me with Monster. And it was actually a, a blessing because, you know, they said, hey, you know, we all of our research led to you as, you know, a big influence of, of, of building this Monster brand. And uh, and then they flew me out to Chicago. I was like my assistant at the time, Sarah. She's like, hey, these guys are blowing you up, blowing me up. They're, t- they're emailing me and. I'm like, and then I, you know, talked to them and they were, mm-hmm. you know, they're a hundred plus year old snack company. And they sent me images of mountain bikes with nuts flying off the tires. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh boy, what, okay. what do we got? What do we got here? So, you know, I said, I go, look guys, you know, I'm interested, but if, if we're going to build a brand, you know, I need to make sure that, you know, it's the image and, and the name and everything is, you know, I just came from, you know, b- helping build spy, yeah. you know, big part of that, you know, and a lot of different, different re- aspects of that company and brand. And then I was over at monster and you know that as well. And I was just, you know, like, look, you know, so I flew out there and, um, we put together, uh, a deal and, uh, again, you know, extremely grateful. I mean, uh, Jasper San Filippo, super great guy, great people, great company. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I just think that at the time, you know, it, it was, yeah, they did, you know, they did, it was, you know, they had some caffeine, taurine and B vitamins on the snacks, you know, so that was the whole, it was, you know, Arma Energy snacks and, but, you know, kids, I don't really think understood what it was mm-hmm. or necessarily ready for, you know, eat your energy or whatever. And, you know, so that, you know, had a bit of a, a, you know, we ran its course for a while. We did a lot of stuff, a lot of marketing. I mean, shoot, man, we were in MotoGP. We yeah. were in, we were, you know, we were on and, and Moto, you know, we, we helped Suzuki city with Malcolm. We actually did a deal there. Uh, we did a couple of deals with Jason, you know, J-Law. He was a big part of the beginnings of Arma, um, you know, and uh, yeah, wish that would have gone a little differently. I mean, I love Jason and man, what an exciting yeah, yeah, we we got it. We're going to devote more time to that. That's coming up. <laughs> so yeah, so that was the beginnings of it, and then you know it ran its course, and then it went dormant for a while. Always liked the name, the branding was amazing. People always, you know, always. So you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to go into the ready to drink space, mm-hmm. and I, I I wanted to be a part of something that truly helped you perform at your highest level, whether that be as an athlete or as, you know, just someone day to day. I mean, shoot, I got up at five this morning and I've already got a ride in a workout in my protein, uh, uh, you know, uh, it just, it's, it, to me, it's, it's part of my everyday life. You know, I'm yep. working on, uh, coming into my sixties and I want to come into them fit, healthy and strong. And, uh, it's a big part of our life. And we, we formulate everything for that purpose to help you perform at the highest level. And I mean, we don't, you know, nothing is just like, okay, we need a hydration product. All right, let's just you know whip it up and we're good to go. I mean, it literally took a year in formulation, testing back and forth with athletes, whether it be Adam, Nick, um, we have a gentleman over in Europe, uh, Giacomo Nizzola, who, uh, you know, he's in the Giro d'Italia. Mm-hmm. He's a, you know, cycling guy that, you know, we send product to for, you know, for feedback and information and testing. And mm-hmm. so a lot of testing goes on in the development of our products. So, yeah, works well. Uh, again, I use it all the time. Um, I, I'll even take some fire in the, in the afternoon. Right. Um, and just uh, if I need to keep working or need to keep doing a podcast or whatever, I want to hit a mountain bike tra- trail, I'll mix in some fire and some drink. It's like a stimulant. Uh, and um, yeah, it's really good stuff. So 
Uh, that's going well. That's a tough – that's probably a more competitive market than energy drinks, huh, Scott? It's pretty uh, pretty crazy. I mean, it's a $185 billion category, maybe even more now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the pandemic, you know, supplements really um, were on a big rise. You know, people were just, you know, conscious of their immune system and immune support. Right. And it is a very competitive and large category. You know, it is – I read a, I read an article, and they said that ninety percent of that category is uh, either they don't use what they say is in it, or they don't use enough of the key ingredients to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's where we really pride ourselves in. We use clinical doses, full transparency. You'll never see a proprietary blend. If you see proprietary blend on something, you shouldn't buy it. If they don't want to tell you what it's made up of, yeah, why, why would you buy it? Yeah. Like. So, so it's definitely a, definitely a, a, a big category and very competitive. Um, and I will say, you know, the one thing in the moto community that it, 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 a little frustrating that, um, I think that this community probably, if they focused more on nutrition, fitness, I think that you'd probably see less pipe sales and suspension, builds and this that and the other Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times that people think oh shoot i need to get my suspension done or i need to get my motor done and my pipe done no if you can twist the throttle till the end of your moto without getting tired yeah you know then you can start looking at other things with your equipment but i think that you know that's where um i think that nutrition um, probably isn't on the forefront of a lot of this community's uh, mindset, which, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I know that me as a, when I was a kid, you know, I used to have my dad stop and we'd grab some Pedialyte. You know, I didn't really, I was, you know, I was on, I was on the track team, the football team, you know, I was pretty, pretty fit athletic guy, but I didn't really know a lot about nutrition. I mean, I took Joe weed or weight gain when I was playing football and couldn't gain any weight, but <laughs> didn't really know much about yeah. nutrition, but there's so much out there now mm-hmm. that it's unbelievable what really knowing what these products can do for you, you know, especially like our blitz. I mean, you know, I mean, it has, you know, beta alanine, which can increase your VO2 by as much as 20% taken consistently for 30 days. Like, like that's, that's massive. Mm-hmm. You know what that can do and you know all the other ingredients, the BCAAs. I mean, there's, you know, there's a, a bunch of information and, you know, people, I think that if they start looking into it and or they try it, they use it, it truly makes a difference. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a part of the company, but I mean, it really is unbelievable how much of a difference products, supplementation makes. And if you look at, you know, professional athletes, I mean, beta alanine alone, I guarantee you there's not any professional athlete that's not using beta alanine which is in our blitz. So, yeah, it's uh it's great stuff and uh it seems like the people behind it are pretty solid and you know Nick is probably the guy I talk to the most about it because him and I are good friends um and you know he's very strict about 
you know, you know, to, talking to me, he's very strict about what's going in it, what, what it does, what it works. He's experimenting with stuff to to try to get it better. Um, yeah, he seems all invested in the in the company, and you know, he works with Cameron McAdoo and AC, so he also wants to make the stuff as good as it can be for, Joe, for those guys. Oh, and Joe and, and yeah, Joe, yeah, right. Joe Shimoda, which you know, when you look at Joe's results, yeah. I mean, it, it was you know, as soon as him and Nick started working together, right. I mean, he really started lighting it up. And you know, again, too, not only do we pride ourselves in clinical doses but we use the best ingredients i don't care if it's the salt you know we use himalayan uh pink salt with 72 trace minerals like every ingredient that we use if you look up ingredients which there's a lot of differences in ingredients i even uh was talking to oh gosh uh ah drawing a blank on his name pro circuit kawasaki um uh rena cross uh tyler bowers jacob hayes tyler bowers tyler bowers all right I'm sorry. I know Tyler well, and I just was drawing a blank. But I was talking to Tyler down in Tampa two years ago, three years mm-hmm. ago. Jeremy and I went down for an arena cross thing. And I was talking to Tyler, and, and we started talking about nutrition because he's super fit right now, looks good, looks young, great fit. We started talking about nutrition, and even he said when he had the Epstein's bar, you know, he was diagnosed as magnesium deficient. Well, he didn't realize that there were so many different levels of magnesium. And until he, you know, started taking the right magnesium – you know, it, mm-hmm. it it's when it made a difference. So, you know, it's it's just really important that people understand that it's not just, oh, you know, I need to go get some magnesium or I need to get some protein. You know, protein, our protein, I mean, again, you know, this isn't a big sales pitch, but I pride ourselves in it's all, you know, we use the Ferrari ingredients. Now I will say this too, I was I was in Italy for the Giro d'Italia this year mm-hmm. and I was telling the the Astana team, hey, we use the Ferrari ingredients, Ferrari. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with cycling, but Dr. Ferrari was – Oh, that's right. Guy. That's right. <laughs> so I was like – they were like, wait a minute. For, you're working with Dr. Ferrari. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, well, I don't like Lamborghini as much as Ferraris, but we use the best ingredients. Let's yeah, just go with yeah. that. So. Let's just go with that. Nice pivot on that, by the way. Um, so – yeah, that was funny. Uh, so. And again, so people want to try it, Pulpum X20's code to save. And uh, again, this is not, we're not shilling for Arma, but if you do want to try it and want to know more about it, go on the website and uh, and check it out. It is uh, it is uh, armasport.com. Um, so, all right. I so, will make one the, more plug on the Arma stuff. Yeah. By the way, our, our hydration. And I've, I've been known with the nickname Hollywood to, to have a few drinks before. Yeah. So I just want to let you know that the hydrate, it's not a hangover cure. But it's hangover prevention. So if you have a few drinks, guys, you got the New Year's coming up. Make sure you drink some hydrate. Put it next to your bed in a in a cycling bottle. You don't even have to sit up in bed. You get a little squirt, little squirt. No hangover. <laughs> Haven't had a hangover in a year and a half. So just just a pitch. Just, just so. good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Um, so the the Hanson's monster thing works so well at the X Games, and Mark Hall throws you the keys. Do you do you approach? Is it? I, I'm assuming it's Sternstrom. Are you going to Bruce and? Like they give you a budget and you're like, hey, so are you the guy to be like, well, the claw's green, Kawasaki's green, you know, they have uh, James Stewart uh, at the time. Well, let me interrupt, let me interrupt okay. you. It yeah. started first with Mitch. I oh, went to Mitch. Oh, you Mitch first? I thought Cowie was first. Yep. Okay, my bad. No, Mitch, Mitch was first, went, went right to Mitch. Okay, you so, know. so you had enough money to do a team. And, yep. you, and is it as simple as Cowie's are green, Monster's green, Mitch is awesome? This works? So it started the first year was actually uh, 04 mm-hmm. and let, uh, let actually 03. Can you guess who the first supercross rider was for Monster? 
Hamlin. Nope. Okay. I'm out. Tyler Evans. Oh, was it really? Okay. Tyler Evans, 03. Okay. He didn't have a full it was that he had a monster helmet. It wasn't it it was literally before the, the skull stuff became popular. It was uh-huh. chin bar monster. Yeah. And then I then I was like, you know what? No one ever does the whole skull. And then then that's when even Red Bull, if you look back at old imagery, you'll only see people only had it on chin bar, never up on the, the skull, you know? Mm-hmm. And so oh three we did Tyler Evans. And then 04, um, we did – and 03 was when I still was at Spy. Okay. And um, I did Tucker Hibbert at uh, Winter X Games, Snowcross. Mm-hmm. And then 04 is when I, I then left Spy, and I literally refinanced my house in Carlsbad to buy a motorhome. And I got Fleetwood to give me a trailer and Scion to give me a little uh, Scion. And we wrapped everything monster. And I went to the last four outdoors without even a rider. And we started just passing out drinks to people in the pits. And then I did a deal with Villeman, um, And we were on his chin bar uh, with just stickers on the chin bar. So that was the beginning of four uh, really like, like hitting the road. Yep. And I said, look, I spread the message. And then Oh five is this, uh, rolled is this monster giving you X amount of money and saying, Scott, get us in this sport. Is that how it works? And you're, you're putting yeah, it all together. I had, a, I had a contract. It was a vehicle marketing agreement. Okay. And then, so, so I never worked for monster. I actually, my company crown right. athlete management group, which is not really even active anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't do the agent thing. Crown athlete management group, crown EMG just, uh, has gone, dormant but i i did, so they gave me a then i had a budget mm-hmm. and i had a marketing consulting contract and a vehicle promotions agreement um so you know i hit the road we did gravity games in cleveland with my rig we did i mean i was contract- Is this mccormick driving it around for you still no i no? actually okay. at that time was ed mcginley Ed McGinley, okay. 04, was driving the rig. We did Loretta Lens. We did Ponca City. And that's where I met Jason Lawrence. I didn't even know who Jason was. He was hanging out in the back of my trailer with uh, Kyle Partridge, some little long-haired punk kid. I didn't even know who he was. And then Jason McCormick, that worked for me at Spy, said, because he told me about this kid, Jason Lawrence. Uh-huh. And he's like, did you check him out at Ponca? I'm like, oh, I didn't have time. He's like, well, he was hanging out at your trailer. I'm like, what, the little kid on the bicycle, long punk kid? <laughs> yeah. And then the next week I went to Loretta's and I and we met and I went to the starting line with him. He won every mo- – he won uh, five out of six motos and, I mean, lit it up. Mm-hmm. And that was – and I was like, holy shit, holy – Yeah, you can, kid, you can swear. Yeah. This this kid I don't really swear often, but I said this kid's he's he's a little badass. Mm-hmm. And uh that's when it began with me and Jason. And then we did so we did forty two events in the rig out of fifty two weekends with the the monster motorhome, trailer, scion. I mean, we went from to car you know, car events, they were you know, yeah. big drifting events and parking lots to X Games, Gravity Games, Punk City, Loretta Lynn's, and then the last uh, four outdoors and moto. So that was the beginning, and then they gave me a budget for 05, and Mitch was the – I was like, you know, we did do Mitch with Hanson's Energy, and, you know, I was like, all right, this mm-hmm. green thing really works. And, um, you know, I did a deal. I don't know if you remember, but Jeremy came out of retirement. I actually had a huge deal for Jeremy. He was going to go two full seasons. It was like $4 million a year. And it was crazy money. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, I put it together literally within a week. And then I called Jeremy and I'm like, Hey, I got you. But they owned everything. They owned him head to toe. Yeah. And then he was like, Oh shoot, really? You, you put it together. <laughs> and then he was like, well, I don't really know if I want to go racing every weekend. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, no, you so, have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that, that actually, that was going to be, that was going to be a monster team thing. And then I was pitching Wyndham cause I really love Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin, man, he was badass. And, but you know, then it was just like the green thing. And like, you know, Kevin was on Honda and, and I was like, all right, that's, there's a little bit of struggles with, you know, making this thing look right. So then I was like, you know, Mitch always you know, had a badass team and I'm like, all right, so yeah. I right. Man, I used to drive up there almost every night and Maki and Mitch, and we were working on designs and, um, yeah. So then yeah. we put together a deal and away we went with Mitch and then we did a deal. Hamlin was actually in the back of the, the, the motorhome trailer setup that I had, yep. um, on the two fifty, which was, Kind of a bummer that he had to ride the two stroke because man, he really uh, that yeah. two stroke ran out of gas both motos yeah. at uh, the gas boiled at uh, Red Bud and he was like, you know, only guy on the two stroke and was was you know up, I think he was in seventh or something mm-hmm. and to run out of gas two motos in a row is pretty d- disheartening. But uh, are yeah. you are you so the first time I had Red Bull was like ninety eight right I'm in Germany. And I'm working as a mechanic, and and I get introduced to Red Bull and the Red Bull Vodka and all of that. And so they've been around a long time. But I feel like even when you launched Monster, when Monster came out and Hanson's was around our sport, like Red Bull was still underground. Or at this point, were people associating Monster as a Red Bull competitor? Or do or I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Monster and Red Bull energy drinks started taking on around this time or in at least in North America, like I said, uh, 90, 97 Red Bull came to the U S I believe is 97. Okay. And when Mark, you know, Mark Hall, who, yeah. you know, came from, um, Arizona T, you know, he saw the, the energy drink, you know, thing. Okay. This is gonna, you know, and Red Bull actually, by the way, you know, failed their first couple of attempts and then they started getting it on college campuses you know, they were in Seven Eleven. they got kicked out, it didn't sell. And then, you know, they just, okay, they, they realigned and they started getting it on college campuses. But 97, I believe is when they, their first, they came here. I mean, even there was, if you think about it, there was shark energy as well that I know True. was on the Plano yeah. Honda team. So that was like late nineties. And then Hanson's energy launched kind of like, okay, slim can, eight ounce can. All right, we're going to go after this category. You know, Red Bull seems to be getting some traction. So that's kind of when, you know, it really started. And then because I feel like then, energy drinks as a whole around this time, they started getting embraced by society, whether it read yeah, 2002, yeah. 2002 was the launch of Monster. Mm-hmm. Actually, even Rockstar I, was out even before Monster, because um, I remember at the uh, uh, indie show, um we would go to the uh, actually was it Columbus or Indy? There was a, you know the motorcycle trade show. We would go to some of the uh, adult establishments, mm-hmm. if you know. What I mean. Yes, and uh, they would serve. Uh, they would have red. They would have Rockstar energy drinks, and that was even oh, okay. before. And then there was Whoop Ass. I don't know if you remember yeah. that one. Yeah, Unbound. So th- Unbound. that was late <laughs> '90s, and then you know, but rolling into the 2000s, yeah, energy drinks were really starting to take off i mean and 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 monster you know the timing was and the interesting thing is like i said when i went out the motorhome 
I was like, that's when Red Bull actually was their their setup was a motorhome with a trailer uh, that was then accompanied to like the the, the KTM team. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, you know, we need to get out on the road and start, you know, getting this in a lot of the people's hands in the pits, the mechanics, yeah. uh, you know, everybody in the pits. So I was just dropping cases off everybody's truck, like, hey, here's it, you know. And it was the it was the 16 ounce can. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly do prefer the uh, smaller cans of a of a monster uh, rather than the big 16s because for me, I, I don't know, it's just a lot of beverage to drink. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that time okay. was when it really started getting traction. Yeah. So Mitch becomes monster pro circuit, uh, and of course he's rolling and wins right at this point. The, the he's got a he's got a great edge on four stroke technology and all of that, and you know then in Kawasaki and and the rest is history. Now, how much how much were you hearing it from the higher ups at Monster when when James Stewart did not embrace Monster? Obviously, he had a personal deal with Red Bull. Um, this was, that was a, that was a bummer. That was, so that was then 07. We tried in 06 to do the deal there, Mm -hmm. which by the way, we did a great, uh, program with, with Kawasaki, even before we did a title sponsor with them, they gave us 170 pit bikes and we did a whole pit bike promotion. I don't know if you remember, we did, I then did the triple crown, did a privateer Mm -hmm. check. Uh, we would give out two thousand dollars top privateer. And then we gave away a pit bike at the triple crown at each of the events. It was, uh, High Point, Redbud, and Still City, and you know Kawasaki. Like I, you know, I was I had a good relationship with them, with Bruce. I had known Bruce over the years, and uh, so finally we did a deal in 07, But then James, yeah, James did not come on board. Which, you know, I, I in hindsight, you know, James, uh, the deal that he was offered, he would be the the he would have had the richest deal ever in the history of our sport. Well, I was going to ask you, can you deal. confirm that? Can you confirm that he was offered stock options, you know, as part of a deal and just didn't yes. want to do it? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I commend him for his loyalty. Um, but you know, I guess at that time, you know, you don't have a yeah, uh, yeah. you don't. You don't have a you don't have a looking glass or whatever you call it the the glass to look in and see that it's going to do this this and this. Yep. And but yes, I mean, and, and again, I'm not no no discredit to decisions he made, but you know, he yeah. uh, it would have been the most lucrative deal in the history of of, of most probably any sport, honestly. I mean, <laughs> Maybe right. Yes. I mean, seriously. I mean, if you look at 07, if you look at the stock value then mm-hmm. and what he was offered in stock and cash. It, it would and, yeah. and what it would be worth today. Now then, now the other thing is, is too is that's if he would have held it. You know, a lot of people they're like, okay, you know, I got this mount, I'm going to sell, I'm going to exit, you know, here, you know. But yeah. if he would have held, if you would have held it till now, oh my gosh, we're so talking hundreds I, of millions. I have a bunch at forty two. When do I let it go? When do I? When do I? How do I just ride this thing, Hollywood? When, what, what do I do? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I like I said, I I I, I believe that Rodney. <laughs> I believe Rodney Hilton, uh, you know, powers to be over there. Very smart people. Okay. Um, I, I know they're, I know they're doing a big, uh, stock repurchase, purchasing back a lot of stock out there. So mm-hmm. that only tells me that they have a lot of faith in it. So, uh, I would say hold. Okay. I'm going to hold it. Thanks for listening to the racer X podcast for, brought to you by the folks at fly racing. I want to thank the folks at motorsport.com. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com to go to motorsport. There's a whole pulpamex show segment on there to help you uh, save some money as well and support our partners on motorsport.com. Free shipping and everything over 79 bucks. Great return policy. The Driven to Ride video, RV and Weimer and myself. 
It's in there. Links to it on there. Uh, they got, of course, great Christmas sales, depending on when you're listening to this. Thanks to Motorsport.com and uh, OEM and aftermarket parts, UTV parts, street bike parts, mountain bike stuff. They sell mountain bikes, heck. Got a bunch of e-bikes as well. Thank you to Motorsport.com for supporting us. And go through the banner. Help us out, please. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you have any issues with Motorsport, any concerns, anything isn't uh, jiving or you just want to pass on a good word or you want to pass on a complaint, Use the contact form on pulpamex.com. I will make sure that you get handled properly. Although, not really going to happen because those guys are great. Thank you to those guys. Also, uh, Cobalinks, K-O-U-B-A links.com. You can get them at motorsport.com, Cobalinks.com. It's a lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamahas. So if you're shorter of stature, your wife or your girlfriend rides, you want to get a bit, bit more confidence, have your suspension work better, Cobalinks is a lowering suspension link, and it just gives you a bit more comfort on the motorcycle. Use the code PULPMX to get free shipping and save. They're all designed and built up in Idaho, American-made. Uh, and use the code PULPMX to save at Cobalinks.com. We thank those guys for the support. And I've got a few people that have used the code. Well, more than a few, but a few people have used the code and sent me uh, DMs and talked about how great it was and how it worked and how it fit and how much better they felt on the bike. So thank you to the folks at Cobalinks, Motorsport, Renthal, of course, Maxxis Tires, all on board with this. All right, back to the podcast. Uh, Scott Sipkovic on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a fascinating story. So you mentioned Jason Lawrence, and that's... I would say this is what you're known most for, right? Representing Jason, uh, you know, if the average to the average fan, I would say. Um, Jason had a great career, so much talent, uh, won a championship, but off the track, we all know the stories and we all know what happened. You, you, you tried, from what I understand, I mean, there was a, a Fro hiring and a Rhino hiring, and there was attempts to try to get Jason to be a little more focused and be a little bit more, um, you know, just, I mean, you could, just back it down 30%, you know, <laughs> you can still have your good times. Any regrets about the way you personally handle Jason or, I mean, you know, he makes his own decisions. I'm not, this is not on you, but like, yeah, do you wish you had done more or did more or tried to do more than you did to help Jason? I mean, I, 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 I tried, I mean, I still try. Yep. I mean, I love, I love Jason. Like if he was my own, if he was my own, I'd probably, it probably would have killed him. Um, <laughs> if he was my son, but, I, mean, I, I love Jason. Yep. I mean, I, I tr- truly, he's, there's, there's been a lot that we did together. Um, I tell people this story that walking out of the bus door and I mean, I did, you know, I did a lot of deals with Jeremy and I, mm-hmm. you know, Jeremy's my great friend and we're, you know, every day, we're, yep. you know, friends and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it was exciting. Jeremy was always exciting, but I can tell you walking out of the door with Jason behind him to go to the starting line, the, I, I knew it was going to be entertaining. I didn't know what we were going to get, but it was going to be <laughs> exciting. I mean, yeah. it was going to be, whether it's, you know, whether it's, uh, I don't know if you remember Jacksonville when he just T-boned for uh, Hepler. Oh yeah. He yeah, got, yeah. He got fined $25,000 that night, or it's going off the track at uh, Bud's Creek over onto the amateur track, <laughs> doing a couple <laughs> laps in the middle of the moto and then comes back on with Wyndham. And then they're doing hill clickers in the air and, high fiving in the air. I'm like, what the, what, what, what the hell? It's just yeah. like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. Or, or going, you know, coming out of the bus, you know, and this is when he knew he was, uh, he was actually, uh, going to jail and, you know, just consoling him, like going to the starting line, like, you know, hugging him like, Jay, it'll be all right, man. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that it just, it was crazy or the ankle bracelet around his, you know, when we did, <laughs> when he came out of jail that it just, I mean, it was never, 
and even just getting to the races was always yeah. entertaining. I mean, he flew one year, McGriddle, rest his soul, he's passed. His his wingman, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be his, you know, his manny that was supposed to keep him, you know, somewhat ready to go. One day on the way to Washougal, I show up at the house and they're outside in the driveway playing beer pong. Jason looked like freaking Bjorn Borg with a headband and his long hair. <laughs> they're playing beer pong, getting wasted. I'm like, Jason, we gotta go to Washougal. Yeah, we're going, we'll be fine. Yeah. Or going to uh Binghamton and you land in Rochester McGriddle's at the airport ready to pick him up Jason's like I'm here at the airport where the hell are you I'm at the airport well Jason actually got a flight to Rochester Minnesota yeah so yeah so he had to fly a red eye get to Binghamton so I mean just crazy stuff like that or staying you know the night before Daytona you know I was completely sober that year. Actually, I did two year. Not that I'm a crazy alcoholic mm-hmm. partier, but I just, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to be, you know, not drink at all. And I, Jason, we're in Daytona. I'm in the bus. Jason's like, okay, it's Daytona, man. Can can I go out for a little bit? I'm like, Jason, come on. This is your first race back after you've been suspended. You know, Monster was paying Jason a boatload that year. He was the number one plate in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. He got into a fight up in San Francisco. He was suspended. They fined his ass a bunch of money. Blah blah blah. I'm like, all right, Jason, please just be back at the bus by 10. Well, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I think he finally showed up in the morning, and uh, there's more to it. We won't go there on this one. (laughs) But the next day, I mean, he's literally trying to find somewhere to sleep. I had meetings in the bus. There was meetings over at the semi. Uh You know, he's like laying under the the trailer trying to sleep, you know, and then he goes to the starting line and – uh, he, he, do you know? Do you know what he qualified at Daytona? No, no, I didn't know. I still have the lap sheets. He was one second faster than Chad and Bubba <laughs> <Was he? laughs> James, and and he was in the unseated practice. And in the first unseated practice, he came in, threw his bike down, told Dang he's not racing. His his suspension was two by fours, and his tires yeah. were plastic. <laughs> threw his bike on the ground, went back to the bus, and I said to his grandfather. And his mother, I'm like, you guys, you got to get him to race, man. I mean, yeah, I got everybody breathing down my back. This kid's getting paid all this money. Yeah. Boost Mobile. Yeah. All these, you know, big deals. Big, big deals. Big deals. So they finally got to go out in the second practice. He was one second faster. I still have the lap sheets. One second. Yeah. The Jim and Chad, which was was unbelievable. Of course. And then we were sitting down there. He got, I think he got second in his heat race. And then we're going to the main event, and everybody knew he was out the night before. Hill was with him, but Hill came back early, and uh, he, they said Jason's like, "Dude, I can't do I can't do twenty laps." And Hill's like, "Jay, you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be top ten if you just." And then the rest is history. He ended yeah. up leading seventeen or eighteen laps of the twenty. And then they they continued to drink Jack Daniels the rest of the night. There was Jack and Coke in his uh, conf- his press conference can. So yeah, it, uh, it it's quite a story. Um, he had so much talent, and he so much know, talent, he, a lot of talent. The guy could ride, and he loved to ride a motorcycle. Like there's stories of him testing all day in the morning, and then leaving the Yamaha Troy guys, and then uh, going to ride at Star West that afternoon. Like he just loved to ride a dirt bike. Um, and he still does. That's all he does. Yeah. If you, look, if you see his Instagram. I mean, he I do. Yeah. Yeah. Posted up the other day. Hey, I found a riding spot. We might have yep. to run from the police, but it's a great spot. Like, that's so. Him. Do you? You know, going back to my question, like, do you? Do you regret the way? Like, I, I know you tried. I'm not saying you didn't. And everyone makes their own decisions eventually, right? You have to do that. But, like, did you? Did you do everything you could? Do you wish you 
did something else? I mean, um, just, you, you know? know, I mean, there was times that I will, I won't say that I wasn't, uh, you know, I tried, but then there were even times when, you know, even I was maybe, you know, not mm-hmm. living uh, correctly. And even Jason would call me out on, what are you doing? Are you drinking too much? Are you using drugs? Are you this or that? You know, he, you know, he would always, he always had concern for me, but I always had concern for him, but we didn't necessarily like, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, and, and, and Jason too, you know, he was like, you had to try to make it be his idea to, for him to like, if it's my idea or it's your idea yeah, yeah. for him, yeah. it's like, Oh boy, that you got to figure out how you make it his idea. And, um, but man, what, a, what an exciting, what an exciting, I mean, watching him ride, like even, you know, my wife and my kids, my wife's not, you know, she's not a big moto person, but mm-hmm. she would always just be like, man, he's so exciting to watch, you yep. know? Yeah. And he was just, you know, and he loved to just, he loved cleaning people out. I'd go ride with him and it would be like, he'd be trying yeah. to take me out. I'm like, Jason, I don't want to fall on the ground. I'm like, I don't, I'm old. Don't, yeah. don't bring that over here. He loved taking people's front wheel out. He, I they, know. They, they I, would, I've heard these stories. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, they would do that. Like, I mean, they, that was their thing. They all the, those those kids would go ride together, and they 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 enjoyed doing that to each other. But other people that wasn't in their little pack didn't enjoy it when you come in and clean their front wheel out, and they're laying in their face in the dirt. Yeah, so. he, like I said, if he just like he could have just backed it down, the off the track stuff thirty percent and kept a career going. He just didn't seem like he had any interest in doing it, and. You know, he he made a lot of money, and he could have made a lot more. And it's could have made a lot. It could have made yeah. a lot of money if you, uh, oh. you watch Trop- Tropic Thunder. A lot of money if you remember Les Grossman, great scene. But yeah, yeah he yeah. made a, a lot of money in a G five. I mean, we used to fly around private jet, yeah. private plane here and there. Not always, but yep. no. I mean, it it it. I will say though, too, it is unfortunate because they did the they they're definitely the. AMA FIM really broke his spirit, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, he you know his fines in one year. He paid. I mean, it was seventy five thousand in one year in fines. Jeez. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who who get? I mean, that's that's like we're not in the NFL or NBA. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It was. I mean, the fines, the money. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, and and then the suspensions, and you know, I mean. I never forget. There was two races, though. I did. I didn't. I didn't miss many of his races. It was up until the last year, mm-hmm. 2010, that I, I I started not going to all of them. Um, I only missed two. Oh five is uh, in Denver, but uh, it was <laughs> Red Bud, 2008. I'm staying with my family. We're up in Big Bear. It's Fourth of July weekend. I'm gonna stay home with the kids, and my phone with Jason never ever was off ever. It always sat next to the bed. It was either a taxi call because he's just getting out of jail. I need to pay the taxi driver (laughs) or something. And I get a call from John Ayers at four in the morning. And I'm like, what the heck? Like my phone rings. He's like, your guy, he's, he's in jail. I'm like, what, what? (laughs) Well, then I call dang and dang actually picks him up and he's like, we're on our way to the track. I'm going to make practice. And then Dang's like, nah, there's a different plan. And they suspended him. That was at Red Bud when he yeah. got into a fight with one of the fans. But, I mean, my phone was never, ever, ever off with Jason. No. It was always had to be on because there was one incident where I said, you know, about running from the police. You know, you said that he would test in the morning, and he would. And um, 
they would then test, they would train, then they would go ride their pit bikes, you know, mm-hmm. pit bikes were huge back then. Actually, Jeremy had a sick track behind his house there up on the 215. And I had bought a house right off of Scott road, um, for Jason, uh, half a million dollar house up there. Um, unfortunately that was at the top and then it crashed, but they would go ride pit bikes. So they're over in the schoolyard ripping around on their pit bikes where a motorcycle cop comes over and is like trying to chase these kids that are all pro moto guys. Yeah. Well, I guess they're then dicing with the guy. I even think the guy, they take him out or something. And, uh, so then they rip over to the house. They go down the sidewalk, they rip, they hide, they go into the, my house, they close the door. Well, they're all looking out the upstairs door. There's like Joey Dobson. There's a bunch of moto mm-hmm. kids. They're all over my house, video games all day, dirt bikes, morning, noon and night. So they see this neighbor pointing to the police, like, down the street and to that house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get a call from the lady I bought the house from, and she says to me, she's like, Scott, I got a call three times from the police. They told me to come out of my house. I've come out of my house. There's no police at my house. My husband went over to the house he bought for me. There's 10 cop cars. There's helicopters. There's flatbed trucks. <laughs> well, they had shut the power off to my house. They had already got in the garage and they had all of the motorcycles, including my RM250 and one of my pit bikes. Uh-huh. And they had them all on the flatbed and they were uh, taking them to impound. Well, then I, Jason, I called the house. I was in a meeting and my assistant says, Scott, you've got to take this call. And I get on the phone with Jason and I'm, and I'm like, Jason, what the hell is going on? He's like, the police are here. The police are here. And I hear the door boom, boom, boom. And I hear him open the door and then you just hear him like tackle him. And then <laughs> so, so Jason goes to jail for felony evasion. Mm-hmm. So we used to do some overseas races and, 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 and I used to have a lot of cash deals and this, that, and the other. Well, Jason's bail was $25,000. So it was for felony evasion. Mm -hmm. So Jason's like, come on, get me out. Get me out. I know you have cash. You have cash. So I go up there. Well, little, little did I know that, you know, my, I always used to keep the money on the move for my, for my wife, my great wife, Shanna, um, you know, and, uh, I didn't realize that she nipped a couple hundred out of one of the packets. So I got up there to bail him out and I was like 500 short and it was the (laughs) end of the day. And this was back when you couldn't go get, uh, I think your limit on your, your debit card was maybe three. It was more than a, so yeah. he had to stay, he had to stay another night in jail. And boy, was he pissed. I bet. But, oh, boy. <laughs> but I mean, it's just stories like that. You're like, Jason, yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing that he went to jail for what he did. Uh, because you know, like, yeah, there was a lot of other stuff going on. And then, you know, he gets in a fight with his buddy and he bites his ear or whatever. And then he actually goes to jail for that. I, I was pretty surprised. Well, that was, you know, that was, that was crazy because it was, you know, it was, uh, three felonies that he would have been looking at. He actually, the Breitling that I, we, we monster bought him for his championship, uh, that I, I always got Breitlings for Uh the guys when they won championship. I, I, it was my idea. Monster Mm -hmm. paid for it. So it wasn't coming from me, but I was, you know, monster was, it was cool that they would do that for guys who won championships and X games, golds and, so Jason had that Breitling on, and I don't know if you know the Breitling Bentley, but they're pretty big, and the thing fell off, and it ended up around like he used it as a knuckle ring, like brass knuckles. <laughs> and he was, you know, and McGriddle was what six three two fifty, yeah, and yeah. Jason's like, right. you know, what five seven eight to one hundred and sixty five pounds. But Jason was like freaking the kid was like hell on wheels, man. That kid, he wasn't afraid to fight anybody, yeah, anybody. Yeah. He'd fight. Let's go. 
So they got him with, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, mm. uh, it was a maiming, which was the ear bite, and then uh, assault with a deadly weapon, which was his, his right leg, which, which is missing to this day, and um, one other. So it could have been, I mean, you know, it, 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 it could have been as many as 12 years, four years for each uh, yeah. felony conviction. So, um, which it's, was, you know, which was very sad because it, it shouldn't have came to that. No. Um, and, uh, you know, we eventually did work it out with McGriddle, um, because even there was, you know, there was some pending litigation against Jason, um, mm-hmm. as well for, you know, going after money, but, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, those guys made up and be, you know, and they're friends and, uh, unfortunately McGriddle ended up, yeah. uh, getting, getting hit by a car and killed, which uh, is Is Jason doing okay? Like now, 2022, is he okay? You know, I talk to him here and there. Yeah. Um, I help. I do what I can with whatever he needs. Uh, you know, I, I I know that there was a big talk that he was going to do an outdoor this year, and that actually was something that we were trying to do. And he actually he didn't even want to come out and tell everybody because people, you know, I believe, and I, and I don't want to talk for him, but mm-hmm. I know that he had had COVID um, this summer, pretty bad um, for a pretty decent stretch. Um, you know, and, and he did want to do uh an outdoor or something with an outdoor so you know we'll see you know i i I'm, he knows i'm always here for him i i'm you know i, I guess again it, i'm waiting for his idea which i'll support because it seems like any of my ideas uh you know they they it's got to be his so i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready and waiting right I'm ready like, and waiting well, I, hope, I hope he's doing okay like i just yeah, as a as a guy as a just as, as a is is substance abuse is better and mentally he's in a good spot and he's not bitter you know what i mean like obviously He's not a huge fan of mine, but uh, yeah, you just you want him to do well, right? And and be okay. And and what a what a career! What more stories about J Law than maybe anybody else in the industry? <laughs> so there's there's trust me, there's a, there's there's many 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 many. Um, like there's some there's some funny he, ones. Too. He could write a book. He should write a book. He should. Um, hey, uh, one of the things I found uh, when I first knew about you and met you. Um, you know, again, I kind of was like, oh, hey, it's the monster guy and he's an agent and this and that. Um, and then come to find out, I was talking to my buddy Ron Lachine and Davey Coombs, of course, also. And they're like, no, no, Scott used to race in, in PA and he, you know, we, he knew these guys. So take us back to your roots of the sport and, you know, meeting Ronnie and these guys. Uh, I think you're from PA, uh, maybe not. Um, yep. and, and then so take us to that a little bit. Well, so yeah, I did race. Uh, I actually raced nationals. I qualified at uh, Troy, Still City, uh, High Point. Um, so also, you know, after those years, I raced eighty of ninety-six outdoor nationals on Amateur Day when we were building Spy in the beginning. Yeah. Of Monster. So yeah. I raced a lot, but but meeting Ronnie and the guys. So I started a company in nineteen eighty-six called Rip Rock, and Rip Rock. Imagine this. I started a surf brand seven hours from the closest beach. <laughs> right. So, but, you know, the brand actually, uh, you know, really, you know, I connected it in the moto uh, industry. And, you know, I be, I was Jeff Glass. I used to travel the country with Jeff Glass. Oh, boy. Um, there's another podcast we could do. <laughs> oh, Glassy. Glassy. Glassy was a character. So being Glassy, yeah. you know, basically – I would end up being like his kind of, I wasn't a mechanic, but uh-huh. I would drive with him. I would, you know, maybe pit board for him. 
but you know, we would travel, you know, the United States. I mean, I went to California with him. I went to Florida. Is this the tide? Is this the tide days? Surf, surf, surf. Sorry, yes, surf. Yeah, surf days. Surf detergent. That hundred percent. You know, we all grew up Pennsylvania racing. Me, Davey, Timmy, Glassy. I mean, Uh we all raced together. Um, And you know, Jeff, his his family had had some money and could fund him going racing. You know, that was always my struggle. I didn't really have the budget or the money, but I did. Like I said, I raced some nationals. I made made that qualified, made the show. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, with Rip Rock and me going to all these events also, you know, there is with my Hollywood nickname, some things came along with that as it developed, wasn't really, uh, what it, what people then knew me as after, but actually I think Tim Cotter was one of the ones I looked like a surf kid from California and uh-huh. he would, was the announcer and he'd, they'd be like, yeah, let's go down and talk to Hollywood. I'm like, that's better than Scott from Connellsville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. But then we started putting Hollywood on my, you know, JT was my sponsor and they put it on my, on my butt patch, my pants. And yeah, know, I heard, I, I heard Hollywood was cause your shit was always like tight. Like you look tight, good. like, like your, 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 was, your, yeah, your, 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 your kid up, your kit was lit like your bike uh, your gear everything right everything was like you know and it's funny because my father which my dad was amazing and uh you know rest his soul he passed a year and a half ago but he all he would say to me he's like you should just wear all black everything black and twist that throttle all you worry about is how good you look like (laughs) be like you know and i was so into the look i mean everything had to be on point like it was i mean that was my whole stick was every i mean i i just loved that part of it i mean the stickers were straight the helmet was badass the gear was badass and so that was you know then that that's where the hollywood you know mm-hmm. like hollywood i even had mr wonderful on my pants that was back in the <laughs> jesus that was that that's... was but that that was a little it was funny because uh people were like wow you're really full of yourself but that was uh, the paul orndorff the, yeah the, the big, wrestler the big yeah. wrestling craze but i was like oh that's cool mr <laughs> wonderful and um your route 66 from uh, i had on there and, uh, you know re- relax from uh frankie, frankie Grace, the Hollywood. yeah Hollywood. well you know there's a there's a shot of jeremy in the c-class at loretta's with showtime on the on his butt and i was i'm always like dude so in 87 in the C class, you put Showtime on your ass? And he's like, yeah. I was like, that's well, bold. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I said that to him last year. I was like, I saw they had the picture yeah. of him. with. I said, Jeremy, I go, really? C class? He's like, well, dude, that's what my dad called me, like Showtime. I'm like, <laughs> I go, man, I, you know. And yeah. so at least when I was putting those names on my, on my, on my butt, I was at least yeah, uh, right. a top intermediate guy sure, and then expert sure. guy. Right, but right. yeah, I think when I was in the C class, there was nothing on any, no, 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 no. no butt patch. No but butt patch. Luckily there. for Jeremy, it all worked out. Uh, yes. <laughs> much better, right. much better than my butt patches. None of them really. So, uh, and didn't Dogger run Rip Rock sticker? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Dogger ran Rip Rock. Johnny O ran Rip Rock. Jeff Stanton, John Michelle Bale, um, right. So, and I actually, I did the t-shirts for tough racing for Ronnie when he was there and rip rock, yeah. rip rock designs did the design and the, and Ronnie had a sticker on his front fender Yeah, and Ronnie and I used to participate in some, uh, yes, uh yep. extracurriculars mm-hmm. after. <laughs> so I hear, so I hear, but I had no idea like until I talked to Ronnie that this is how far back you go in our sport. Like I just was like, Oh yeah, he's an agent. He's the monster guy, but no, like your moto, like you, yeah, you go way back. And I think like, like a lot of us, you know, you were a fan of these guys, Ronnie and, and Bailey and, you know, like Ronnie, Ronnie yeah. was a badass. Ronnie was Ronnie. Well, 
Damon and Ronnie, I, I mean, if you look at all my my me back then, I looked like either one of those. My get up, my helmet paint jobs, yeah. my gear, and I tried to emulate even their riding style, which both of them. You know, it's funny. I was at Detroit Supercross, and I did some Supercross stuff too. But and I was asking Ronnie, I'm like, Ronnie, there's this one section that like you're doubling into the corner. Mm-hmm. Everybody else sits down, a little straight away, out of the corner, double out of the corner. And I'm like, Ronnie, you're just like standing the whole time. Like, is it faster? He's like, well, no, it just makes me more tired when I have to sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So it's not really everything Ronnie did was just you know, energy uh, conservation. But, but yeah, as, a guy, had- as a guy from PA with a clothing company and, you know, you met Ronnie through, through Glassy and all that, you must have been absolutely over the moon that these dudes are running your company's helmet stickers. You know, I can just put myself in your shoes back then. You must have just been like, this is amazing. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I had uh, Tishner. Um, I had uh, all, I mean, and, yeah. and, and but I became good friends with all them. Actually, you know, a lot of meeting these people was I used to go down and work with Davey and Big Dave, uh, Dave Sr., and go down and help during the week before the races help with the track you know i grew up with seven kids okay so my parents weren't like it was like uh yeah your dirt bike thing like i mean i literally mowed lawn shoveled snow had a paper route after football practice i was 13 i bought my first dirt bike with money i saved up which was a mako big mistake they called me mako (laughs) mako breako but you know so i would go down and help and it was fun you know i had fun working with davy and timmy so Mm -hmm. we also met a lot of the guys uh, I remember Davey and I went over to Marty Smith's hotel room there and we had the, we were looking at motocross action, sitting in his hotel room, looking at the magazine and talking to Marty. I yeah, mean, you're, we were, just, you're just pinching yourself at this point, right? Yeah, yeah we were yeah. young kids and it was so cool. And so I, you know, I got to meet a lot of those guys even, you know, without going on the road with Glassy, getting to know them first at okay. you know, High Point and, um, and Ronnie was a badass dude in 83. You know, he was on that OW, that yep. white Yamaha. That thing was sick. And, um, yeah. And, he, and then we became friends. And, yeah, and then running Rip Rock. I mean, it was, you know, Johnny. I mean, Johnny. I mean, Johnny, actually, I went to after uh, East Rutherford Supercross. Me, Glassy, Johnny, we all went to dinner. And he's like, you know, I'm going to get that Rip Rock on my pants. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I'm sure yeah. he should. Dude, the next race, the next weekend. He had it down the back of his legs. I still have the answer green pants, the lime green. Oh, no way. Really? Rock down the back of the leg. Oh, so, how awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was cool that, you know, all these guys, I mean, John Michelle Bale, I mean, even he sent pictures of me in just recent years of him wearing Rip Rock sweatshirts. And so that was really cool. Really you, cool. Yeah. That was the beginnings. That's what got me to California. Yeah. Jim well, Hale, you end Hale up from Acto. Well, you end up working for Simo Brothers, right? At No Fear? Well, so the reason I ended up in California was because uh, Jim Hale, um, they used to do a sticker sheet at AXO that had a lot of different brands on it. It had yep. Rip Rock. It had Surf Detergent. It oh, had I, don't, I, don't, I, remember the, different... I remember the sticker sheets, but I don't remember Rip Rock. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, know what you're so Rip Rock. Yep. Someone just sent it to me recently, this picture okay. of the sheet. And so my sticker was on there. Well, Jim really liked the brand. So Jim had me come out to California, had a meeting with me to come on board. And since I was doing like casual wear and casual wear wasn't big in the sport yet. Like mm-hmm. it was like motocross companies with motocross gear, yep. maybe like a t-shirt and a, you know, and a, a short maybe and sweatshirt, but nothing like crazy. So he was going to buy Rip Rock and then they decided not to buy Rip Rock, but bring me on to do all their casual wear and hats and designs and sweatshirts and t-shirts and a 
to, they were selling 4,000 hats a year. And the first year I came on board, we sold 36,000 hats, uh, you know, all the different designs I did and the different hat manufacturer. And so I was over there with Kenny Safford. Yeah. So and, are you, are you the guy putting granite on the hats and stuff and granite, <laughs> granite clothing? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I it was know. around that era. Yeah. Yeah. But I was all that like the different t-shirt design, more like casual wear, like shorts. We literally did shorts. We did like this cool letterman's jacket. Yeah. Um, actually, then I was doing stuff for FMF as well. I was doing all of their t-shirts, sweatshirts. I did a letterman's jacket, which even Jeremy showed me in his closet. He still has to this day. It was a, uh, like a high school letterman's jacket. Um, and I did a lot for Donnie as well. And I actually, you know, was big part of i don't know if you remember they kind of abandoned the oval the fmf oval and it was just the fmf and i'm like gotta bring the oval back and i started putting it on hats and t-shirts yeah. and, and uh i made i did a lot of side business design stuff and at that time i was doing some side designs for um the, uh, no fear okay and through a good friend of mine grant Galland, that was at gotcha and i would go to surf shows uh, with Rip Rock trade shows, and I I met Grant and Gotcha, and Gotcha was who was doing a lot of our casual wear at AXO, and then at AXO that kind of came to an end. They actually cleaned house of a lot of the high. I was starting to make some good money, mm -hmm. and that's when they stopped inside motocross and they a couple other things. And I was kind of part of the getting clipped, and then I went over to Europe. Uh, that was like 94. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Am I going back to Pennsylvania? And I went to Europe with Bob Moore. Bob was a really good friend of mine. And I spent a couple of months over there with him, just cruising around Europe, yeah, yeah. Figuring, figuring out what my next play in life was. And then I had a gentleman in Georgia, Winder, Georgia, that was going to buy Rip Rock. He owned oh, company, okay. Yeah. Johnny Cotton. But Mark Simo, Brian Simo said to me, Hey, Scott, before you go to Georgia, I want you to come to Carlsbad. So I literally was moving to Georgia via Carlsbad from Valencia. So I drove down the five. After my meeting, I was going to hit the eight and just drive east to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where my train stopped because Brian uh, – I met with them, Brian Simo, Jim Hancock. No Fear was on a big rise, and it was kind of the same thing there. They liked all of my attention to detail, kind of the – my whole attention to detail on my bikes were my yep. Hollywood nickname. Like I said, everything was yep. so tight. They said, Hey, we like all of, you know, you, what you do and you did at AXO and, you know, we're really starting to go into you know more clothing. So I came on board. Uh, they said, Hey, we're, let us talk about it. Come back tomorrow. I stayed in the motel six off the of Palomar airport road, which I now live about five miles from and, uh, stayed there, came back the next day. They made me an offer. I called the guy in Georgia, said, yeah. nope, this train stopped here. <laughs> and I had to borrow Dogger's truck, his uh, dually, big old dually, to go get the, the the bed that I had given the girl I lived with, the Ikea bed. I said, I'm not giving you that. I need it. I'm I need it back. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you so, were that yeah. you were that close, right? To like uh, uh, going a different path in a way. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I literally, literally, not, not close. My car was loaded. Yeah. I was heading my Volkswagen Scirocco, my sixteen valve Volkswagen Scirocco, <laughs> which I got some dogger stories in that one. That there, there's some adult ones. But, um, so uh, I, I did a uh, an oral history on No Fear on Racer X website and. The company, it's it's amazing. I mean, first of all, the number of HR violations that were going on at No Fear back in the day, uh, incredible. The Brian and Mark Simo um, 
what a story. I mean, in a way, uh, Scott, no fear was monster. Just they crashed, right? But similar, yeah. similar. And those guys, and look, and those guys, Mark and Brian, you know, I got to say, I mean, literally my life changed when I, when I met those guys and I love them like mm-hmm. brothers. They're like family to me. And then there's Beaver Theodosakis that's, yep. you know, that's still, you know, he, yeah, he I talked to, talk to him too. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of split before that run, but you know, I just was with Beaver yesterday, you know, Beaver's Beaver's amazing, you know, uh, look at uh, consider him family as well. But you know, Brian, uh, you know, my, my train stopped there and my life changed and it was, you know, it was interesting because, it wasn't so much that the design thing is what really took off for me. I came – well, one is I had a relationship with a gentleman from AXO that I met, a Chinese gentleman, mm-hmm. that I then put together a deal at No Fear. Not only was I then a, a designer, but I started manufacturing all the sweatshirts. And you know they, they, they went from you know zero to $150 million in a matter oh, of five yeah. years. And I was manufacturing all the sweatshirts, the heavy goods. I had a partnership with a Chinese factory. I was flying to China. And then I put together an overstock program where I was selling all the overstock. I mean, I went from making, you know, 42000 a year to making forty, fifty thousand 50000 a month because of all the things I put together. But I, you know, none of them like just fell on me. I made, I made it happen. And I came up with ideas that no one else had of how to liquidate overstock and change the name. So we weren't devaluing the brand and blah, blah. blah. And it was just crazy. The, I mean, the, the story, the, 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 the uh, takeaway from the story I got is Mark and Brian were very disorganized and therefore everyone was free to do whatever they wanted. And the company was a runaway train of success and guys like yourself and Glover was doing the golf stuff for a while. Bailey was there like, it was just like, yeah, 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 do that. Go ahead. You're the sports marketing guy. Go do whatever you need. Go do whatever you want. Sir Wall, everybody, right? Um, yeah, so I could see where that that would all work for you. Like if you had a good idea, they just, sure, run with it. Go with it. Well, one, one, of, the, one of the good ideas was is so no fear when they were skyrocketing. The one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to find your stuff on sale, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird in this day and age. It kind of sucks because I even like us, you know, you get hit with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you know, I, I, I don't like, mm-hmm. I mean, our stuff, I like, it's a premium product. I like the people, I like when pe- people's paying full price, but I get that, you know, the world is all this discount, discount, discount. But back in the day, they were really trying to hold value to the brand that you couldn't buy it at discount. So they literally, this is no, this is no BS. They literally used to saw t-shirts. Like they'd be cutting big piles of t-shirts with, with clothing saws, cutting them and throwing. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. So when I put together this program to make sweatshirts for them, I'm like, so what do you guys do when it's overstock or it's a discontinued style? We don't know. We go put it to building five. Dude, they had a building that was <laughs> filled to the gills. I mean, this thing's probably a hundred thousand square foot building filled all the way to the ceiling, all the way to the doors. They were renting trailers that they were filling them up with overstock. So I said, all right, well, I'm bringing my goods in unembroidered. So if we if we didn't sell all of this style, yeah. when it, I would then at the end of the season and I put my label in the neck that it was like tacked down on each side, not like sewn into the neck. So if it didn't sell, we'd clip each side and I created a brand called Peak Sport. And then I would go to – I'm a big, I'm a big skier, mm-hmm. grew up skiing, ski instructor, ski racing, blah, blah. So then – I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Vail, Aspen, Heavenly. So then I created Peak Sport and No Fear. They didn't sell them all. I'd embroider Heavenly, 
Aspen, Vail. And I started making like more money <laughs> doing that. And then all of the other vendors, because they had what was called a non-traditional licensing program, mm-hmm. you would make your goods, you would fund your goods, they would sell them, no fear. And then you would get, there was a split on what they got, what you got. You covered the cost of goods, you got 25%, they got pure 25%. But when you're done, when you're done in the inventory, you're stuck with it, it's yours. It's the vendor's. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all these other vendors are like, oh, my gosh, like, how are you doing getting rid of your overstock? You're making money doing it. So then everybody came to me to liquidate their overstock. And then we started embroidering over No Fear, Peak Sport, Rip Rock, Thrill. I created all these other brands. <laughs> and then I started selling them to. And they didn't started, care? They were fine? They just none of this Well, happened? no, because they were now at least retreat. They right. were recouping. Something. Instead of throwing it away or yeah, cutting it true, up or just right. putting it in a building. <laughs> They were like, They're so I, something, right. I had a 20 person operation at building five that would take out if they were <laughs> jeans, they would take the, the, the tack button out that said no fear. And yeah. we would, we, they, those, I, I had a brand called thrill rip rock peak sport. Oh shit. Look at I you. went from, <laughs> I, we were shipping 10,000 units a week of overstock. <laughs> and I mean, I went from, great. then I bought, then I bought a new Porsche and Mark and Brian were like, you can't drive that thing to the office. I mean, you were back there in the design department. Everybody hated me because I yeah. started making so much, but all the regular people that were like, but I'm like, Hey, the idea was there. Yeah. No one else. I just came up with an idea. It was sitting there. It was opportunity. No one else saw. And I just, <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's yeah. What a chaotic company. And again, I can imagine your rip rock inspiration back in PA was seeing the life's a beach stuff. Right. And, and, uh, you know, honestly, no? the okay. inspiration was no, it was just California. Yeah. I mean, yeah it was yeah. like, I was, the, I was, you know, I, I mean, I used to watch Carlsbad on Wide World of Sports and they'd fly the helicopter over the ocean. And then, and I'd be in the garage working on my bike at 17, minus 17 degrees in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, you know, when can I ride this thing? It's freezing cold, it's snowing. And I'd watch Carlsbad and, you know, and then my favorite show was, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. That's mm-hmm. where, rip rock comes from because there was a guy on there called dash rip rock oh okay all right and uh so i uh so you know i was like ah you know california is the place you want to be was the place i wanted to be and uh i was just like into the whole california thing you know i went down to daytona beach in 82 i got my first pair of checkered vans you know fast times at ridgemont high yeah that's even before life's a beach right yeah that's yeah, yeah. yeah. so i was like this whole california thing like even i'd wear the quicksilver checkered shorts and i'd go to a, a sizzler uh <laughs> uh oh no a ponderosa ponderosa after still city as kid and i'd wear checkered checkered uh quicksilver shorts in the vans and yeah. some of the farmer guys look at me like boy what what the hell is that you're wearing yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so you know i can kind of relate because I, yeah as a kid in canada you know i used to watch those same stuff and i used to read i used to devour motocross actions and i drove to california to go riding and i remember coming down the 15 to like victorville and being like L.A. And now you look back, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're still an hour from L.A., man. And and this is just Victorville. But back then, I was like, I can't believe I'm here. You know what I mean? It's it's incredible. And I I remember that feeling of just I'm in California riding my dirt bike. Right. Just amazing. So, yeah. yeah and, you know, in California, I mean, it just, you know, it, it absolutely. I mean, it was always and, and like, you know, even the Hollywood moniker or the name or whatever, you know, it was it was just I was always aspired to be in California, even when I was, you know, fortunate a few times, you know, I came out here. The first time I ever came to California was 84 
with uh, Jamie Hawley's mechanic, Haas. Oh, yeah, and, Haas. He just passed away maybe like a year or two ago. He yeah. did pass away. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I just talked to him with Jimmy two years. He's passed. Oh, man, Haas. I, I believe. Yes, I hope, hope, hope I'm right. Uh, Jimmy told me about it, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy actually called me with him just a few years ago. But me and Haas, Haas was my buddy. We uh, jumped in, his, in, in Jimmy's blue van um, after High Point, and uh, uh, I think Haas turned over the, the the driving in Kansas when he I think he pulled out one of his favorite magazines, which you know, which, and, I, and I, I got a ticket in Leavenworth, Kansas, for a hundred miles an hour uh, in the van. But uh, then we came out here, and I stayed with another good friend of mine, John Sago, up in uh, Santa Cruz um, for the summer. And, uh, and then I was back and forth out here with, with glassy. We stayed at Billy Frank's house. So I got to, you know, I was here and I'm like, man, this California thing, I got to get out there. That's, that's where, yeah. that's where I got. I, so. I spent a week at glassy's in PA in 96 with Paggio and, uh, Swink was there. Jeff Willow, myself, Paggio glass. Whew. That was a, quite a week. There was some moonshine out at some point. Oh boy. Um, glassy, glassy yeah, was a character. Yeah, glassy, <laughs> glassy. Um, and 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 New, oh, New Mac was there too. So it was great. They were they were imitating Glassy nonstop. It was fantastic. All good, all good, all good guys. Know them all well. Um, I mean, it was uh, fun times. So at, at some point, you meet this kid named Jeremy McGrath, uh, peak Honda rider, right? Uh, Team Green. Maybe? I met Jeremy. Yeah. I met Jeremy. Um, Mike Metzger was a Rip Rock kid. Wore a Rip Rock helmet at Loretta Lynn's. I stayed with Mike Metzger when he was a mini rider, and I, I was doing Mammoth. I think this was 1990 with Rip Rock. I had a Rip Rock booth up there. And me, Mike, and I think maybe Mike's sister, we went to the movies with Jeremy. That was my first time I met Jeremy because they lived uh, up close to each other um, up in Murrieta. Yeah. up there so yeah. that was the first time i met jeremy and didn't really you know we went to the movies together and then i you know met him here you know there over the years at axo but then you know we became uh no fear uh friends at no fear and then spy you know we were all part of uh spy you know i then after my little no fear run i went over to spy and eventually mm-hmm. became a sales manager director of business development a bunch of different roles i was involved in everything over there um and that's where we really connected and became closer and yeah so so this friendship and everything with jeremy leads you into doing something else for the sport that really we haven't seen too much of in a long time you you were instrumental in bringing bud light to the jeremy mcgrath larry brooks uh team after chaparral uh, uh didn't stick around in the title uh bringing bud light in was a that was a big move yeah it was uh you know, it was interesting because it was actually flattering. I mean, Jeremy and Larry came in, and I was uh, the sales manager at the time at Spy, and they came into my office, and they said, hey, uh, we're losing our title sponsor, and, you know, we felt there's anybody that could go sell sell something because, you know, you're a good salesperson. You can find us one. I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, I didn't really – I mean, they, the confidence they had in me was, was interesting, and yeah. I'm like, all right, well, you know. And then if I do something, I mean, I I do I do uh, go all in, and you know, I make sure I do something. I'm going to do it to win. You know, there's nothing, no nothing. You know, no mm-hmm. no, never give up. Failure's not an option. I got all kinds of, no retreat, no surrender. I got all these little sayings, but uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I was like, okay, um, all right. So you're losing your title sponsor, you need a new one. 
So I said, oh, so we put together a deal for me to go out and do it. And, um, you know, I went at it uh, <laughs> with all I had. I mean, full guns blazing. I mean, we we did um, 100 different decks. Uh, Mitchell Bailey designed all of them for me. I got all the analytics and statistics and everything from Feld. I actually had been working on uh, some pitching, some stuff for um, Feld as well. Um, I had some good connections with uh, the Marines and mm-hmm. some other stuff that I was I was working on. That um, you know, I was I was swinging the bat trying to get some sponsors over there. And so when I did this, so when I did this deal with Jeremy, you know, I knew I needed to do it better than proposals that I would receive at Spy. So. You know, we went full, full everything was the design, was it was the semi, it was the gear, it was the bike. So if it was Budweiser, Cheerios, Coke, McDonald's, Burger King, and I still have the, the, the decks that I have a binder with every one of these proposals in it. It was amazing. They looked badass. And not only did I design it individually, but then I also hired a girl, uh, Jennifer Simone, um, which rest her soul, she's passed. Um, she would FedEx the deck and then she would call the marketing, you know, she would call the company. Hey, can I get to, you know, Tim Schuler, marketing mm-hmm. director? I want to make sure he received the packet. Now, the one thing, the reason I did FedEx was because when I get a FedEx at spy, I would always like, Oh, what do we got? And you'd open it. So I knew that when I FedEx it, it would at least get to the right person. She also would call and make sure that she had the person, the right person that we were then going to yeah. send it to prior to. So the follow-up on all that was really important. And I still have all the letters from McDonald's and Burger King. I also landed a Mac tool deal for Jeremy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing. They gave us, we literally told them to don't send any more tools. We had, <laughs> we had a half a million dollars of tools that cost. And, we were like, we don't need any more tools. It was crazy how much tools, and then we also got a cash deal with that as well. But yeah. they were one of the people that I hit up because I knew um, Connie Coletta uh, over in drag racing, yep. and they sent me a contact at Mac Tools. So when we did the deal, you know, it was a lot of lot of swinging. You know, it was, I swung about a hundred different uh, decks, and it was amazing the response we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I eventually got a meeting at Anheuser Busch. And um, me, Jeremy, and at the time, my attorney, you know, we went, suits, ties, the whole deal, uh, St. Louis, Anheuser-Busch, marketing department. It was amazing. And uh, we closed the deal. Um, the interesting thing with all that is, is we closed the deal. And originally, it was going to be, they were coming out with an energy drink called 180. Oh, Okay. And we didn't know when we closed it. Okay, we got Anheuser-Busch. We're doing a deal. They were like, all right, we're doing a deal. But they they weren't sure what brand yet. And then they said to us, oh, you know, because I pitched a Budweiser. It wasn't even Bud Light. It was mm-hmm. Budweiser, the red semi, yeah. the, you know, the A with the – it was badass. And, again, Mitchell Bailey, amazing job. Could have done it without him and Jennifer um, following up on everything. But uh, so then we're uh, – I'm like, oh, man, 180, whatever. All right, the money's good, great money, you know, multi-year deal, big money. And uh, so then I'm here in Carlsbad. I mean, this was about a year. This was a year-long process. This was a long, long time. Oh, I bet, that, right, that, yeah. That. yeah. So we land the deal, but then I'm on my way to, I think this was 90, 
what was he, 99. I'm on my way to Vegas for the U.S. Open. Travis is in the car, Travis Pastrana and Malcolm McCassie. And we're going to Vegas in my big Mercedes. And we're hauling ass. We're going up the 15. And I get a call from Tim Schuler. And uh, he says to me, hey, we're clipping the brand 180. And I'm like, and what does that mean? <laughs> now, we just were pitching Sobe as well, which Sobe was looking to come in. But we liked we liked Anheuser-Busch better. And at that time, then we passed on the Sobe deal. And then that went over – that was with Sirwall and, 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 and Suzuki. So – I'm like, uh, hold on a second, Tim. And I get off the exit and I said, Malcolm, I got to get some gas, guys. And I get out of the car and I'm like, what the what? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was like losing my shit. I called Jeremy. He's like, what is that? What does that mean? Is that do we we just pass Sobe off? So um, I think I didn't sleep that night. There might have been some uh, extracurriculars going on, but I was so stressed out. And then Tim called me like the next day. Ah, oh, we got you. We're gonna put you on Bud Light. And I was, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. But, but it was, it was pretty crazy. And um, yeah, that was uh, amazing deal. And uh, then the unfortunate was, you know, Jeremy made a switch on the bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we did that. We went. We did the. We did Yamaha, which that was the year that you know Jeremy the first year with the Bud Light. Mm-hmm. You know Jeremy really was training his ass off. I mean he was like cycling. I think he tells me I maybe anywhere from two to three hundred miles a week cycling. Like he's like, dude, I was training to be a cyclist. Like <laughs> I don't know if you remember that yeah, year, but yeah. I think so. The first race we were at Anaheim, and I have Tim and Tony there, and we're sitting up in a suite. Da da da. And, and and I and if I I think Jeremy got thirteenth that night. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, like it was not even. It wasn't just like oh, you know, top ten. It was he bad. Fa- he faded were- too. He got arm pump right. He went backwards. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they look and they're looking at me like um, I'm like, dude, <laughs> when have you ever seen Jeremy get like not even on? You know, I mean, I, mean, I was like, uh, yeah, you know. Um, you just jump out of the suite. You just jump out of the suite. You're just like jumping. Oh, out. dude, yeah. I was like, I was like. And, but they had Jason and Jeremy Giambi was with us too, okay. um, which then we went for some adult activity after that. That was a big night. I don't know if you know uh, Jeremy Giambi. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. That was that was fun. That was crazy. We used to get make gear for him, and um, he's a big part in the Moneyball movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we, uh, you know, it was like, oh, they're looking at me. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah. And then we, it's racing, man. You know, it's ups and downs. It's ups and downs. Yeah. So we. Uh, which, you know, wasn't one of Jeremy's banner years. And mm-hmm. then he was, uh, you know, making a change then the next year. And we did the, he did the KTM deal. And then uh, I'll never forget, I'm sitting in my office at Spy. And he, I got a call. And, it, and, and he called and he said, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm like, I thought it was like, what? What do you mean, Spy? Like, what? what? We, mm-hmm. Someone didn't do your golf, right? Saying, no, I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm like, oh, cool. What, like next year no, like today. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, like, so that was, uh, I, I remember because we, you know, it's, it was like the week before Christmas and Budweiser would, would send us very, very large check before the season started, you know? And of course, you know, yeah. I still have my, my 
copies of the check, my first checks when I did the Bud Light deal from Jeremy. So I would be getting a nice large check right before Christmas. So what's your wife out doing right week before Christmas? <laughs> so I, I remember I called Shanna, which you've talked to before. Yeah. I called her. I said, hey, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm shopping. Well, you might want to slow down. Jeremy's yeah. re- retiring. <laughs> and she's like, well, good for him. I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, that means she's like, well, it's money we didn't have anyway. So I was like, I was like, all right, well, she, so anyway, but yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you know, I know for Jeremy, um, you know, that it was unfortunate for him. Cause I know he'd gotten hurt on that bike over in Europe. Um, he had a crash over there and even he just said, yeah, the thing was just not, not, not. Yeah. I mean, I look, I respect his decisions. I mean, you got to do what you feel best and safe for you. And, uh, yeah, he could have wrote it, it out. He could have wrote it out and took the money, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's one thing I respect you know, a lot about Jeremy. He's not a guy that's just going to ride it out. I'll also say not that I'm going back into the J law thing, but you know, I also do respect, there's a part of Jason that I respect that if he wasn't going to be a guy that's going to be in the hunt, he wasn't going to be out there just riding around, you know, getting mm-hmm. some money in top tens. But, and again, about Jeremy, I mean, I respect Jeremy that like, look, you know, I- I'm not going to be just a guy out there. If I'm not out there to win, I'm not going to be out there. And, uh, and I know we had kind of the fail, farewell tour with the Bud Light thing, and they, but you know it was a, it was a bummer that you know with with Bud Light mm-hmm. and Anheuser Busch that they came in, and you know and I made a few runs at them. Um, actually, me and Wyndham were in there. Okay, uh, I think in '03, '04, um, we actually went and had beers with Tony and Tim and Kevin and. Because I thought Kevin would have been awesome, yeah. But yeah. Budweiser, you know, red mm-hmm. the red Budweiser, and they really liked the sport. They liked it. They just were like, yeah, you know, we're just we're going to just stay where we are. We're not there now. So, right. But uh, uh, that leads me to my next question. I want to talk to you about on this pod, and this is something I've been ranting and raving about our sport for a long time. I love it. It's it's in my blood, just like it is with you. And you've done you've brought a lot of things to the sport. And I just, I don't understand like wh- and you know, you can, we can criticize MX sports or Feld or however we're going to go with this, but like we have JGR in the sport who has literally, you know, fortune 500 companies all over their NASCAR operation. We, they can't get a title sponsor and it wasn't for lack of trying. Uh, you know, I've talked to David Evans about it many, many times. No one thought our sport was worth it. Bud Light was great in and out right although with jeremy's performance that maybe has, deserves an asterisk there we had dodge we had jimmy johns in and out gone uh I, why like to me our demo was great like you mentioned earlier uh younger people um you know it's a, it's an extreme sport it's it's got better. very 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 loyal too that's the yep. thing that you know very loyal i'd yeah. say that the- moto community is 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 uh you know the loyalty of them is of the highest of any any type of sport it, but go ahead it Sorry. seems like that no you're absolutely right like surf even surf detergent right people got behind surf because of glassy and and bought it and and did all that i remember that even being in canada i fr- my friends my mom we would buy surf because that's what supported our sport so you're right but we we can't keep these guys and i know the 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 promotion side on a dirt bike and a gear is smaller than nascar and a car and all i get all that i just uh i don't know scott i don't know what we're doing and again maybe it's Feld, maybe it's mx sports maybe it's a little bit of blame everywhere but tell me why scott sipkovic we cannot get these 
mainstream companies to stay in our sport or even dip their toes in? I think that, you know, what we did with Monster is the formula for it to stay or what you know we, they activate and still mm-hmm. do to this day. So, you know, is that, you know, we integrated it into every part of the sport, you know, the amateur side. I mean, shoot, you know, for example, like Jason or, or, you know, we had uh, the, the monster army program, you know, started, I mean, we had Hanson's energy where we had kids that were getting, you know, sponsorship or little discount or this or that sticker on your helmet you get a little contingency i think that weaving it into the fabric of the sport is what has ensured that it's still a great play for monster Mm -hmm. because you know these people become huge mouthpieces and ambassadors i mean the monster army program you know that was something that came from my days at spy when we had you know, we had our pro forms for ski and snowboard instructors. We had our grassroots program. We had a discount. I mean, shoot, when we did our hit our first goal, uh, when I was a sales manager, we did a million. We did our goal was like eleven million that year, and we did a million of that was in grassroots sales at Spy. So we then took that same thing and applied it to the Monster brand, so that it was weaved into the fabric of of the sport from the from the amateur uh, kid to the you know to the highest level, you know, pro Tomac. So weaving that into the fabric of it, I think is what really helps ensure that it really connects and stays. And then those kids, you know, are mouthpieces to all of their friends and they're drinking monster. They're going to school, they're leaving school and they're grabbing a monster. And they're typically the more influential kids. I would, you know, any of these, these you know, kids, whether it be surf, skate, snow, moto, you know, moto, it's like, they're, you know, typically, you know, here I was a uh, hillbilly from Connellsville, Pennsylvania, but I was Hollywood and I was cool kid. And I was, I'd like to think I was a little bit of an influencer because I did something cool. I raised mm-hmm. moto, this and that. So I think that weaving it in to the fabric of every part of the sport, not just the big show, I think is what really helps ensure that it really makes that connection. It's not just on the big guy, you know, it's like, Let's say Jimmy John's, you know, I think it would have been great that they then, you know, have some types of programs with kids and ambassadors Mm -hmm. and something that, you know, it's not just a high level thing, you know, like hell, Jason started, he was, had monster on him in Oh four. And I think you get like 150 bucks for, you know, win at Loretta's. And then I think, in Oh. I think I was 03, then 04, maybe I think it was Mm $1,500 he got for the year. (laughs) And then I can tell you that his last monies that he got from Monster AMPM, it's um, more than six figures. So, (laughs) you know, so seven figures, you know. So that's my point is, is like the money, you know, but it went from him as an amateur kid to pumping it to all his kids and i think that's what really so you go back you gotta you, you it's a, it's a it's a bigger investment than slapping your name on a truck is what you're saying and it, i can tell you that the whole just slapping your name on anything just doesn't work anymore like it used to like literally all of this building the community and mm-hmm. all of this stuff is just to put your name on something uh and you know and, and you know race on sunday uh sell on monday you know it just doesn't work anymore. Just slapping your name on it and, and away we go. Mm-hmm. And it really, 
it really has changed a lot. I mean, even even myself, you know, the whole guerrilla marketing, all of that. I mean, digital is such a big, but I know that there's talks about a lot of stuff is coming back more organic and more um, grassroots stuff. You know, the whole digital thing is kind of running a, a bit of a chorus, but it just, yeah, it's really changed. And just slapping your name on something just doesn't do what it used to especially like on the right guys you know it's on the right guy it made a big difference well i mean that that goes one of my right guys and one of the things i've preached for a long time is we've never had a guy like jeremy mcgrath in our sport uh and i don't know if we ever will what what a what an ambassador for the sport um and i wish our top guys you can't force eli tomac and cooper webb to be jeremy mcgrath you just can't what what a what a guy for our sport for a little while there. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I went to, I was with Jeremy just uh, at the vet national and they, you know, you got the Edison mm-hmm. die award and they played a, a reel of all of his stuff. And even I said afterwards, I was with Jeremy and I was like, man, you know, what a, and even I, I say it to him, uh, I was with him at mammoth and walking him from the podium and he stops and talks to every kid. He's mm-hmm. just amazing. He was, he's amazing. He was amazing. He still is amazing great person but really did take our sport to another level we actually did a facetime with dennis um about uh, what four or five months ago because you know dennis and i are buds and dennis and jeremy used to hang out in the 90s so (laughs) we got on a we got on a facetime with dennis and we were over at jeremy's place and even dennis was like man you you did such an amazing thing for that sport motocross and and it was funny because you had mentioned it earlier and uh, uh, talking about Dennis. When I picked Dennis up and I was going out to Paula, he's like, where the hell are we going? <laughs> now, Dennis, right. Dennis knew what Supercross was because yeah. he, he knew Jeremy. Yep. But I, I, he's like, what, what? And then we get out to Paula and he looks over at me. He's like, what, where the hell are we? And then he opened the door and it was like 115 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And Tim yeah. Cotter's even like even Tim Cotter says what what it's hot out here and, and Dennis looks at me and goes even this guy that does is here says it's hot here what are we doing how how long are we staying when, here did so. the check cash yet did the check cash <laughs> he's just trying to figure out how you get was, out of it it was it, um, it was funny man it was like but but point being yeah. is is even Dennis you know said you know he, I mean he knew motocross Jeremy Supercross like you know Jeremy really did an amazing job of just, you know, taking our sport outside of this little, little bubble. And, you know, it is a shame that it hasn't, I mean, other than, you know, uh, Ryan Dungey being on the cover of a Wheaties box. I mean, you don't see much of that, which it's, it's, it's really sad. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was, you know, I know those guys, Denny Hartwig and, you know, felt all the guys that were over there, you know, back in the day, um, that, you know, they did a great job. I, I don't know whose was responsible for all that. Even, you know, I know Cheryl Lynch with Jeremy uh, mm-hmm. did a lot of, you know, PR, getting him on a lot of those shows. But, man, definitely Jeremy made this sport definitely more mainstream and more yeah. mythology to this day. Even when you – it's interesting. Even when you talk to people and you're like, ah, oh, Supercross, Motocross, you know, and then, you know – if you mention a name, they're like, nah, and then you're like, oh, Jeremy McGrath? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy McGrath, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, I had him up here for Show 500, him and Ricky, uh, in the studio for our Show 500, and, and I just kept thinking, what a, what, what a great ambassador for the sport. And, and you know, um, at the World Vets, he, he you know, he's, he's 50 years old now, right? Um, 
and he lets guys buy because he doesn't. He does no ego. He knows what he's done. He knows he's the greatest supercrosser of all time, uh, and he doesn't care. He does, he's, there's no ego to the guy, you know, um, and you don't see that always with the greats, right? So, um, a couple things, a couple other things before we let you go. Great, great to talk to you. Great, these stories are amazing. Um, so, if you do Google uh, Scott Sipkovic and Monster, you come up with a couple of lawsuits. Uh, at some point, you went after Hansons. At some point, Pro Circuit came after you. <laughs> is this? And I, I, I'm sure you're still friends with all these people. But is this a is this a business? Is this a cost of doing business? Uh, how does this affect you? How did it affect you? I should say they're old now. Well, huh. how did it affect me? <laughs> like um, this is gnarly it, stuff, right? It's, yes, it was. It was. It was. Um, I will say that. Anybody that ever threatens to sue or be in a suit is doesn't really know what they're getting themselves into. And, um, yeah, I would probably, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't recommend that people get into lawsuits. Yeah. You know? I would, and I would, you know, I guess myself at that time, you know, even, even wait, maybe what brought, things to the position that they ended up being in mm-hmm. maybe just was who I was at the time that, you know, there were some people that maybe I didn't, uh, I rubbed the wrong, not maybe that I obviously yeah. rubbed the wrong, I rubbed the wrong way. And I was, I was, you know, I've, I've definitely grown over the years and become a different person. I mean, uh-huh. I was pretty materialistic at the time and was pretty, you know, uh, me, 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 and this, you know, that, that, give me more, more, more. I want this car, that car, you know, and sure, I yeah. was consumed with a lot of that and maybe was blind to who I even was at the time and what I did to others. And, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, I try to not think of myself always now. I think of others and try to make sure that, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do to you and, and just be a better person. And maybe at that time I just wasn't a great person. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I mean, I only, I only did what I thought was best for building the, the, the brand that I was a part of and, or the deal, the people I, the athlete I represented, whether that was, you know, I brought rockstar into the sport, you know, via Jason Lawrence Uh in 2006, you know, and, I had a consulting agreement with Monster, but did but that that did read that I had to have the ability to work with other energy drinks. But you know, maybe I should have tried to work something out where I didn't have to go do a deal with another yeah. energy drink, or you know. So, but but here and there, you know, for me, um, if you could turn back a time, I probably would do things differently. Um, I think we and, all have. I think we all have that, right, in our lives. And I probably would be yeah. a different person too. I mean, even my siblings will, you know, they, you know, tell you that you know I probably was pretty maybe selfish or mm-hmm. me, 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 or you know. But yep. I, again, you know, I was only trying to provide a different path for my family, my children, my kids. You know, I grew up with my parents, my a lot, a lot of great family, loving parents, amazing father, mother. But you know, we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, shoot, I went to church in a Frito Lay potato chip truck. Imagine that, seven kids in the back of a truck because you didn't have a car. So that's growing up pretty poor. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but you know, then then maybe as I started, be, you know, things, success, things, and things, and more things, and those things became more important to me than people and. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, I'd say I, uh, I rubbed people the wrong way and did things that, you know, didn't didn't end up like 
they you I would have thought they would have thinking I was Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl every year and <laughs> building this amazing brand but you know obviously that wasn't the case and uh things changed and I was no longer part of the team I, I talked to a few people who told me you know off the record stuff they're like man he he did this or he, he would do this and and then but honestly every this is not recently this is back in the day and they're like, dude, he's a good dude. He's awesome. He's a good guy. But I didn't like this, and I can't believe he did this. But he's a good guy. And, and these relationships you've had with Jeremy and Ronnie and Davey, uh, through the ups and downs, they've always been like, he's a good guy. He's a good dude. Right? I don't know. That's I, I, kind of – Well, I try. I right. try. I mean, I do try to be a better person every day. Every day is a new day, and every day you have a chance to be a better person. And i really working hard every day at being a better person and trying to be better to those around me and trying to be better, you know, and, 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 and be a good example of somebody too, you know, that, yeah, I, you know, some of the things that – and, and it's, it's, it's interesting because – I don't I didn't do anything outside of what my agreements said or read. Mm -hmm. It may have been perceived to people that, you know, oh, he's double dipping, he's taking it from both sides, he's mm -hmm. this, he's that. And those are a lot of things I heard, but those are all things that were in the writings of my agreements. I mean, I you know, I represented athletes that I, you know, sold to whether it be Rockstar or Monster. I didn't I never had a consulting agreement with Rockstar. I only did a deal with them, brought them to the sport. Mm -hmm. Mike Kelso, 2003 was the first year I started talking to him. It was about Tyler Evans at Spy and didn't get them in until 2006. So I actually started talking to them about, you know, coming into the sport even before I started Crown AMG. So and nurtured that relationship. But, you know, again, you know, I'm sure some of the grumblings that people have said, oh, well, he's taking it from both sides. He's double dipping. He's this, he's that. Well, those were all things that were mm -hmm. per my agreement. So I wasn't doing anything that wasn't in my agreement, but yet maybe the perception to others was I was doing sure. stuff that wasn't kosher. So, I, and again, I, I don't know. And also, you know, like I said, you know, maybe – even who I was at that time, uh -huh. maybe that didn't really matter. I didn't really care what they thought or whatever. And but you know, I do care what people, you know, you do care. Yeah. Even when, like I said, you and I, like I didn't talk to you and didn't want to talk to you no. because no. I didn't like things that you know. Oh, you said this. This I remember. Even you're on with Hamlin one time, or maybe it was Hamlin. No, that was actually I called. I did call um, Pingree because he said something. I literally, I like Dave. I thought we were buddies and. And I, you know, and he, and I, and we, we, we sorted that out, mm -hmm. but I think it was a lot of talk that, you know, maybe people didn't really know what the deals were, but yet yeah, they, but they're also, I would say my flamboyancy probably didn't yeah. play too well either. Yeah. I mean, pulling no, up to events in my, you know, my five, nine, nine Ferrari and my, this and my, that. And I mean, you know, it was definitely, um, I think that I was trying to make up for pulling up getting picked up by your mom in a green <laughs> Vega that had an orange door at football practice. And, uh, you were embarrassed yeah. to go out and get in the car. And, uh, you know, I was trying to make up for all that. Hey, look at me, look at me. And, uh, you know, in the end I, I, you know, rubbed um, a lot of people the wrong way. Well, yeah. And, and you did a lot of good things for the sport and a lot of good things for a lot of people. There's people that 
have houses and cars and things like that and a nice retirement account because of decisions that you've helped them with and done and and that's not to be overlooked also right um and and you brought outside money to an industry and, and did all those things like i just said ah i can go on and on but i and you mentioned you mentioned mitch and you know for me look here's the thing is i know that 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 you know that one was I was a properly licensed agent. I was, I'm probably the only one that was a licensed agent, but at the end of the day, you know what? It's, it, that's all to me, it's all past. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not about, it's not about revenge. It's about forgiveness. I'd like to say that, you know, it's forgiveness, not revenge for me. I'd also like to believe that on the other side of anybody that, uh, you know, had anything out for me that it could be forgiveness, not revenge. And that, you know, we're all, you know, my intentions of what I've ever done was, first was the love of this sport. I mean, I love motocross. You know, you said read motocross action in Canada. I used to go to the principal's office because I was reading my motocross action in class. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was always sitting in the corner, you know, looking at the, the the wall because the teacher would catch me reading motocross action. All I cared about was that when could I go ride my dirt bike? When was school over? Mm-hmm. And I just want to ride my dirt bike. So, you know, and then when I had opportunities to further this sport, even I remember Mark wanted to do a, um, Mark Hall wanted to do an off event. He wanted to create something new that would be more spectacular than Moto. And it was, you know, I said, Mark, I'm going to get us live on NBC. And I was, I, I, we, Crown AMG, people Mm -hmm. at my company with me, you know, I put the deal together where Davey, you know, I was going to fly Wade Martin to Redbud to see what motocross is. He didn't even know what it was. And then I put together a meeting in Chicago Davey, Carey, Wade Martin. So, I mean, I brought that all together to get us live on NBC, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, it was always just to further this sport that we love, that we believe should be, you know, a mainstream big sport that's on net, yeah. you know, network TV. And here we are, we are on NBC. So that's all I ever was looking to do was elevate. And of course it wasn't just, doing that, you know, I was also then, of course, but Hey, I can make a living doing something. I just loved as a kid, you know, and make a good living doing mm-hmm. it and elevate everybody around it. That's out there. You know, these guys that are out there riding, uh, racing. I mean, you know, I tell people, I go, look, there's a study that motocross and soccer are the number one, most physically demanding sports. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, I go, but in soccer, you just missed the goal. Motocross, supercross, you come up short on a triple or you end up on a triple there's a reason why the handicap section is full at every supercross, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous sport and these guys should be getting paid, uh, at the highest level to do what they do. So that's, that was my intentions was to elevate that and ensure everybody that does it. Part of it can make a great living doing it. I probably should have prepped you for this final question, but, uh, all the things you've done, all the people you've met, all the, you know, money you've had coming in and the opportunities you've had. Is there a moment or two that stands out where you were like, holy shit, uh, this Rip Rock kid from PA and here I am? Uh, I do that every day. I ride my bicycle. <laughs> I did that at 7 o'clock this morning riding down the coast in Carlsbad. Um, looking at the ocean know, going like, holy shit. <laughs> looking at the ocean and just being extremely grateful um, that I've been so blessed. There's been so many, so many things that like you're, you're I've like, been I'm blessed with, I'm with do. the Giambi brothers. And- <laughs> well, I mean, we, me and Jeremy, Shannon, my wife just asked me this morning. She was showing me in the Wall Street Journal um, 
the Dale Jr., his uh, his whiskey ranch, and she's like, have you been there? I'm like, yeah, me and Jeremy and Dale, because I did a deal with Dale Jr. for Jeremy to drive NASCAR in 07. Mm-hmm. We went back and did a couple uh, late model races, and then Jeremy decided he didn't want to chase another career. But, you know, having having whiskey with Dale and shooting pool yeah. uh, till late wee hours in the morning or, you know, being in uh, the Super Bowl with John Elway, flying down with Dennis Rodman. I mean, a kid from Connellsville that, you know, nothing, I mean, grew up and, and to do what I've done and be a part of all of the things. Whether I mean, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, extremely blessed life, extremely grateful. Yeah. And, um, you know, just uh, – yeah, yeah. Just, man, there's a crazy. Uh, it, it's interesting to say. I, I will say uh, the Monaco Grand Prix with my partner Stefano uh, Avendero um, out on the out on the boat, sitting in the harbor. That was pretty cool. Monaco <laughs> Grand Prix. That sounds okay. That sounds flew, all right. Yeah, yeah. Fl- flew there in the you know from the for, yeah. Just you know, just been a lot of amazing things, yeah. and I'm I'm extremely blessed and grateful for all of them. So yeah, incredible, man. I could. We should do another one. We should do a part two because I got more. Uh, but <laughs> I thought I'd keep you for like an hour, hour and a half. We're, we're reaching on two hours here. Um, well, and I, I yeah. can tell you that there's, 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 uh, in all of them, there's, there's some really good ones that are like, yeah, I, we just touched on them. There's some really good ones in there. So <laughs> I bet what a, what a career in the sport, man. And, and you've accomplished a lot. And uh, I think you deserve some props and kudos for, like I said, for uh, enriching, uh, I mean, many people in the sport, riders and teams and, and all of that. Um, and what a success story it really is. Uh, and it would make a good movie. It would make a good movie because there's been some lows too, right? I've, um, I've set, I've set yeah. some, I've set, I've sat with some people in LA, some writers. So yeah. we'll see. You know, I'm not uh, full of myself, but it's interesting because you know people are like, oh, there's something there. So yeah, we'll see. but yeah. you know, I've always said I'd like to have a, I'd like to have a, a, a good, uh, feel good ending. Not not me going in the dirt, but no. uh, you know, I'd like to yeah. like this this what you know the army thing is good. Um, yeah, you know, I just and, – and again, I just want to continue to be a part of something that I grew up just that I loved. I'll never – I always had my parents would say to me, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? You know, because it was the dirt bikes. It was skiing all over the – skiing all over the world. And it's like, you know, I was able to turn my lifestyle into a business and a job. And, and, and for that, I'm grateful. But, uh, you know, I still have a lot more I want to do. Mm-hmm. And – um yeah, I'm just looking. I'm looking forward to the, the future and what what's what's to come as well. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, also, one thing that I really like and I I believe is, both of our favorite riders of all time are Ron Lachine. I mean, how do you how do you beat it? How do you beat the dogger? <laughs> he, he was a badass. Ron, he was he was amazing. Um, he was he was amazing. Uh, he still is. He is. I love Ron. Yep. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate the time. Great stuff. Uh, and again, a podcast I never thought I would do, but I'm really happy that we got a chance to talk at the World Vets and then follow up with this. Uh, uh, nice, uh, nice of you to do this. And uh, again, it just entertain our listeners with your stories. It's phenomenal, man. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. Appreciate it, Steve. And uh, I'm glad that I, I did. Again, my whole thing is forgiveness, not revenge. And the morning I was going to that event, I knew I'd see you there. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm all about. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it was great to see you say hello. And this was awesome talking and uh, everybody out there. Anger and hatred will only drag you down. So it's forgiveness, not revenge. Well said. Thanks, Scott. All right. Have a good one.
This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.